Welcome to Rosity Football Podcast that has been insanely hard to organize. Everybody, Randall here, of course, the normal, Rod and Robbie, and joining us, our friend Brandon Jane. So we're just a little late getting on, and uh, we'll have our first guest on shortly. But let's talk a little bit about what we're going to do tonight. You guys had to put up with me for the last five minutes because I couldn't get anything to work quickly. Somehow, the last button I pushed brought everybody's names up, and Rod's just left us. So, Rod will be back in a second. So, we also have Wayne to join us, the off-the-cut, off-the-center guys with some Big Ten talk. At, here should be Rod. Somebody Rod. Rod, we're, we're getting to wonder if you have a clock. All right, man. So let's all get settled down now. And uh, sorry, everybody, I was kind of a little bit crazy. I have a first caller online. Let me give you a little history about him. His name is John Bruner. John was the guy who taught me about fantasy football. John, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Randall. And uh, I'd like to say hi to Rod and Robbie, uh, greetings from Omaha, the home of the College Series. Thank you for joining and, us. Uh, yeah, dude. Can uh, can everybody hear uh, John? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here we go, John. Let's go a little bit through fantasy football. I want to talk with you a little bit about how you learn about fantasy. So I'll tell a little bit about the backstory. We're in a league, which I've been playing in together for, I think I counted up, I've been in the league. Originally started this league off of a 12-pack of beer, correct? Yes, it was. All right, tell the story. My cousin Hey, we're 
we're having a hard time hearing it. It's very crappy. Yeah. A lot of feedback. And I want to hear John because it sounds awesome. Yeah, Randall, your connection's pretty good right now, brother. If you if you want to give me Johnson, I, I've got EPB. I can start calling him. John, you still there? That's it. I yeah. think he's gonna hopefully give you the number and call back us. I'd be better off. Randall's talking that. about. Yeah, dude. And if Randall's talking about winning fantasy football leagues, and we know we got to call BS and hear John's version of the story because we sure. know that's not the case. <laughs> All right, guys, can you hear me again? This time, yes. That's perfect. I'm getting feedback off of somebody's headset. I, I don't know if you've got earpods in. It may be you. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Okay. So, John, please tell the you, repeat what you said and tell them how many times I have won this league. Um, too many times. Wow. Are, are, are you, please. Play. How do you how do you draft with only two teams playing? Do what, Robbie? Waiver wire action. Yeah, I was gonna say you, your teams must be stacked with only two people playing in the league. Nope, no, it's a twelve member league. Hey guys, let me even tell. Let me even go farther. See why this guy's a good first caller. We did not play this league online until two years ago. Everything was done by mail. Way I love that. Was done mail? over the phone. Results were mailed out each week. We actually, we I think you should adopt that. No. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get anything else calls. I got the first waiver. Yes. yes. The key was to be the first phone caller uh, to John on Sunday morning, and you would get the first waiver. Yeah. Uh, John, well, hold on. Let me ask these guys a question real quick. Robbie, how do you? What do you think about our league? Makes it special. Um, you know, John, thanks for sharing that. That's funny. I, I honestly cannot believe Randall's ever won a league at all. Um, <laughs> Seriously, no, I would say, um, our league's been good. Was I, I don't know when we started. Uh, we've had we've had a few deflectors and new joined. We've had we've had the same group of guys for probably about five or six years now. Um, what makes what I think makes our league great, we have consistent players. Um, we have, we, we mandate it'd be a live draft. Um, there's no exception. You have to be there. You have to have a representative there with you. Um, and then the level of distrust in our league is really what makes it special. Every trade, there must be some underlying thing going on. There's split pot gates. There is, there is uh, nothing. Who, who was involved in the split who was in the Raj and Blake. And then no I such tried, thing. I tried to take away the first round pick, and then people revolted. 
And there's there's a level of uh, dictatorship that uh, comes with being the commissioner that is nice. Uh, and so I think I think that's what makes uh, our league fun and, and sustainable. I, so many of my friends have went to uh, daily fantasy sports, but uh, for me, I mean, it, it, it's still fantasy and and uh, being the number one thing for me. So, John, I want to ask you a question. Can you believe? Can you believe? Can you believe these guys draft inebriate it? Have you ever heard of a league that that people get sauced <laughs> while they pick? Absolutely. The <laughs> uh, year Roger won, he was laying on my floor. He was so drunk, and he took luck that year, and he won. You know. So that's the luck that you get. Now, in any fantasy football league, you've got to have competition and fun and a lot of smack talk. uh, I'm glad you guys have that in your other league, Randall. Yeah, well, Uh, let me tell you somebody smack talking you right now, John. His name would be Dallas Bruner. And he would be saying that not only was your league run by mail, that you run your first league off a of carrier pigeon. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. I'm an old guy. I do stuff, you know, old school. Um, I was getting our um, stats out of the newspaper for 10 years as commissioner. And so <laughs> I'm pretty old school about that, but I am getting used to the Yahoo stuff. So, so well, you're still I'm old school if you're using Yahoo. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so hey, shut up, you stupid wrong. millennial. Let the man talk. <laughs> Do you know we invited we invited a member from early that's sitting here. Uh, he's online right now. His name is Chris Adams. So we invited Chris to play in the paper league one year. I think he near had a nervous breakdown you know, trying to keep yeah. up with everybody. So yeah. so I pick up this backup quarterback, but there's nowhere for me to go. So you call John and you go, it's like Green Acres. You go, John, has anybody picked up? Uh, Gunner Minshaw or Gardner, and he'd go, "Nope, nobody's got him." And you could go, "Okay, he's mine." So yeah. Uh, also, the one great thing about our league, and, and we'll be talking to some of the guys from our league. Uh, Rog, how many teams were you drafting last year at one point? I don't know if it was last year, or the year before, but I think it was five. Um, and a lot of it, you know, I started not quite as old as you dinosaurs, but I uh, I am 45 with a back problem, so I guess that qualifies me to hang out with you two. Um, you fit yeah, I started in 2001. Boy, <clears throat> well, I started 2001 on uh, the Yahoo, as uh, John affectionately calls it. Um, and you know, I, a lot of times I just stayed in leagues out of obligation. Friends would ask me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now I'm down to two, and um, the only other time I'll join a league is if somebody 
says, hey, it's a $200 buy-in. And I look at the other people in the league and I'm like, just how I joined your guys' league as well. I'm like, oh, this is easy money. <laughs> so, uh, no, man, I'm, I've been in about four years. This is my fifth year and um, a lot of experience, but it, it's the passion of it all. Like, it's nice to know there are other dorks in the world that take it not only seriously, but we also have a good time. You know, there are no red asses anymore. As I say, people don't get all bummed out. If drunken dudes at a draft, if something goes down, like somebody tackles somebody else or whatever, it's all good. A few hours later, nobody, like, like I said, nobody gets chapped and uh, it, it's, uh, it's just a good natured league and it's the best league I've ever been in. I never thought I'd say that, but uh, it's true. Wait till John, you choke in the draft we've next got weekend. Members in our draft gate. <laughs> Robbie. Uh, What's that? I think Robbie just locked up. Oh, no, I'm man, here. I was going to tell him something. Oh, he's there. No, I'm here. I'm Rudd, 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 um, yes. I have sons as old as you in our league. It is a family league, and Randall <laughs> is my brother. That's right. Me and him right on. a lot about football. Hey, I'm uh, that's I'm awesome. Every one of these drunk bastards back from a, 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 a draft at some point, except Shane, I think. Oh, yeah, John, our, our draft doesn't get started until at least the fourth retired player gets drafted, and, and then things get interesting. Yes. Yeah. Raj, I have actually heard your draft going on um, through Randall's phone. So, <laughs> oh, I yeah, I know. about you guys' draft. That is safe. I know he cheats. But we talk a lot of smack just like you guys do. So, they, they Dude, I, I know he cheats and he John phones saw, a friend. Uh, George Franklin Karoki. <clears throat> Phone a lot yeah. smarter friends, Randall. I knew you cheated. Well, John, we're breaking up real bad. I don't know if I'm going to have to reset or what, but uh, guys, can you hear me right now? Yeah. For now, yeah. I can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. John. All right. Well, we got one. I got one more question for you, John. All right. How much fun is it playing in a league with your sons, Matt, Dallas? I play with my family. Um, three sons, my brother Randall, my, um, everybody in my family, my nephew, uh, Matt's, uh, brother-in-law, Matt's step, uh, brother. I play in this, in this league with family. Right on. And it is a delight. <laughs> Every week is fun. Hey, hey John, what I would you give? Uh, I think Robbie and Brandon are in their 30s, and Rog is in his early 40s. What would you tell those young whippersnappers about playing fantasy football? Robbie's in a. Robbie makes fun of me, but Bill Clinton was in office last time Robbie won the league. So. <laughs> that may actually be true. It may be. Give, give these young whippersnappers some advice. The only thing that I can say 
you know, your, you know, league members. All right. Talk a lot of smack with them because that's what makes it fun. It and is. that's what we're doing this for, you guys. Hell yeah. You know, we're not trying to win money. You know, it's more for fun than anything. Agreed. And to be competitive, always study. Always study. All right, boss man. I appreciate. Well said, bro. Yeah, it is a that is fact, man. And I love you, John Bruner, in Omaha, Nebraska, man. You are my brother, and always will be. Beautiful. Thank you for teaching me about fantasy football, man. I really appreciate it. You're always welcome as a special guest to our draft. Anytime, bro. John just might. John, I'll be here. Hey, John, you want to you take a road trip? See if Dallas and Matt are <clears> down for drive? Never know. <laughs> All right, man. Never know. All right, brother. Yeah. I appreciate you. And we're going to move I on. Love you, Randall. All right, brother. Thank you. All right, Later, bud. It's take care. Awesome. And continue it. Yes, man. Thanks, John. Yes, man. Right. Matt. See you, brother. Guys, I know that messed with our signal a lot, but I really wanted to get him on the show. He has been my friend for... It's worth it, dude. He taught me, like, the first year I played fantasy, I I dropped somebody because they were in a bye week, and he called me up, and he's like, are you a complete idiot? And I was like, what? He's like, you don't drop somebody because I left a message on his answering machine. I was like, hey, could you drop this person and pick up this one? Both of my quarterbacks are on bye, and he's like, you're an idiot. So, he's a what year was this again? Two. What year did you guys start? They started in the eighties. I Dang. started in around two thousand and two. Crazy. In the eighties, oh, I didn't know fantasy football existed. Would have put it online and and started uh, a fantasy football league online. We should have. Yeah. We should. Yeah. We should billionaires. We should, get, <laughs> we should try to get John on the. Tuesday after our draft to analyze our draft. Uh, be happy great. to do it. Hell yeah. Yes. I, mean, I always need always need to pick me up on how good I did. We, we've been actually in our league since what, like 2010? Oh no, it, it originally started like 2005. So I wanted 20 2005. It's been that long. I was I was there yeah since Robbie it. won. Yeah. It's- so Dallas, Dallas just joined in, and he said his dad taught him in 1995 how to play fantasy football. Damn, dude. So, uh, and when, when he says this is a family league, I've made – Dallas and Matt are now my friends. John is my friend. Uh, I've never met – he was talking about Rick. I've met Rick one time in my life, and I talk to all these guys all the time. I, in 20, almost 20 years, have never seen John Bruner face-to-face. Wow. Um, yeah. It's always always been on the phone. That I've never even seen his face, man. So Now, are the family members allowed to make trades with each other? Starts getting a little shady there. Yeah, we would never allow that. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, we're going to make a quick transition here. And folks, if you lose signal, I am at max signal right now. So I'm trying to get through it. Raj, I'm going to take you off the feed for a minute. And we're going to go on to Big Ten football with the off the center guys. They are a card collecting show from up in Michigan. Hey, Brandon, Shane, huge Michigan fans coming right at you. So let me make this adjustment here. It's for my Buckeye fan over there. Yeah. I like that entrance. There you go. <laughs> Great, Great right off the bat. Third in the Big Ten. We're going to talk about third in the Big Ten, yeah. guys. <laughs> Thanks for having us on, guys. Well, but, let me uh, Actually, hey, the OC is not here tonight. It's the easy speak tonight. It's not the OC. Yeah, the OC I, 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 I keep messing that up. I, <laughs> so, so That's okay. Rich, tell us about your podcast, you and Tom. Oh, okay. So, uh, just so everybody knows, this is my uh, this is my co-host right here, Tom. And uh, pretty much what we do is we talk about uh, local sports here. We touch a little bit on um, everything, pretty much sports related, if you want to call it that. Um, and also talk about other pressing issues like the, you know the latest you know trends on you know TikTok and some of the dumb videos that we see. And uh, pretty much the, the the premise of the show started here in the. Uh, the speakeasy we quarantined we built a garage in my or we built a bar in my garage and uh we got the idea to do a podcast uh just basically what guys talk about at a bar sports pop culture women you know music a little bit of everything so uh that's where that's kind of the the, the concept that we got going on we also decide that we drink um a lot of beer and a lot of booze while we do the show as well so it's a, it's a good time. We got a pretty good interaction and stuff like that. But we're mainly more of a uh, you know, sports heavy yeah. when it comes to uh, our, uh, our topics and everything like that. So uh, Rich and Tom has been at it to River City Media. They're letting me broadcast their podcast uh, on our channel too. And, and before we go any farther, and then we'll get into it, Brandon, into the Big Ten. Tom and I share a passion for music. And Tom, tell these guys how many times you've seen the band Seven Dust. Oh boy, uh, it's got to be over a hundred. Too many uh, times. I started back in '97 when they really hit the scene, and it's it's been you know nonstop. I saw them 13 times in 2019, and uh, my fiance and I will see them. Uh, let's see, five times in September, starting in Oklahoma over Labor Day weekend. So, uh, great live band. Uh, I've been a huge fan for many years, and uh, I love them. Rich teases me, but I love them. Nice choice of beverage you got there, uh, QB1 on the uh, Coors Lattes. Monster. And, and Oh, man. Got and, it. And Rando, Rando it, you it just went like and seen that Chattanooga. How, how, how did you like that show? Oh, I loved it, man. I loved it. I was going to impress Tom our first time talking via text, and I was like, yeah, I've seen Seven Dust. I saw them at the uh, Woodstock 30. This is probably my 11th or 12th show, and he goes, yeah, I've seen them 100 times, and I was like, oh. oh at least. At oh, least. excuse me. 
Excuse me. Thirteen times. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's start. Let's start in Michigan and work our way down. Hell, oh, you really want to, You really want to go there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Bottom. Work way to the top. Yeah. <laughs> what is uh, what is your feelings about Michigan this year? And I mean. I did my I did my little preseason rankings here, and I had them at seven and five. Am I am I way off the mark there? That's not us, is it? No, what that is? Holy smoke! That's loud. It comes through the headphones pretty loud. But to go back, so seven and six, seven. I might seven, seven and five. Seven and five is very. Uh, hey, we're Randall. Okay. Well, wait a second. No. You keep keep rolling with it. Uh, so yeah, so seven uh, seven and five. Uh, my personal opinion, I'm pretty. Uh, I think you're overreaching, to be honest with you. Uh, I, you know, I am a Michigan fan through and through, and you know, I love I bleed maize and blue, but just something just never really. Uh, nothing really transpires when it comes to what they've done, you know, in the last five seasons under Harbaugh, you know, he came in guns blazing. He thought he was going to be able to, uh, you know, the, the fan base was crazy about it, but you know, up in Detroit here, the local media, they want him gone. Well, you know, he's, he's has no problem bringing the recruits in. No, he, he can, he can bring some recruits in, but, but what happens after they get to Ann Arbor, I, I have no idea. They just don't put it together. So I think uh, I can speak for Rich. Uh, this is probably one year I have no expectations. Uh, no expectations whatsoever. Um, I have no faith in Harbaugh. He's, uh, if any of our listeners uh, know me, um, I am not a fan of Harbaugh. I think he's he's a big ball of hype, and that's all. Uh, he gets outcoached on a regular basis. And uh, I was hoping that they were going to move on from him. But frankly, who else are you going to get right now? There's nobody, I think, that's willing to take this job. But um, no expectations. I do like uh, the quarterback rotation with McNamara and with J.J. McCarthy. So uh, those are two young athletic guys, and they've got a young backfield. So who knows? Um, but again, it's run on defense. And if, if you don't have defense, you don't have anything. Yeah, and I I can't remember uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I mean, I saw it today, and it just it phases me right now as we're sitting here. But uh, they they got a freshman running back coming in who is probably the most dominant high school running back in the state of Michigan out of West Bloomfield. Oh yeah, and you know I, I it was funny because he uh, he committed to Michigan, and then it was like uh, a day later, two days later, that's when uh, Ronald Bellamy decided to go back to Michigan and be a coach. So. Um, I, I think that was kind of working hand in hand with the two, but yeah, the running game is probably going to be good, but everybody here in Michigan uh, is, you know, saying that, you know, they, they touted Jim Harbaugh as the quarterback whisper, how he's going to shock the world and he's going to do everything like that. And he, Jonathan Edwards, Jonathan Edwards. And then, Jonathan. yeah, it's Jonathan Edwards. Yeah. And he just hasn't been able to, he hasn't been able to groom a quarterback like everybody thought he would be able because, you know, they, they compared uh, him with the likeness of Andrew Luck, and he has not been able to do anything after that. Jake Rudock's the only quarterback that he actually developed, and he only had him for one year. So, yeah, he was a, a transfer from Iowa. So that's really not saying a whole lot. So 
needless to say, you know, we, we wish them the best, but, you know, come the last Saturday and <laughs> in November, if they lose that game. It doesn't matter. The season's a wash. And then going on to Michigan state. I mean, you know, uh, here in Michigan, it, it, you still got the fan favorites that are saying that Michigan and Ohio state is a rival. It's not a rivalry anymore. You can't beat that when you can't beat that, uh, you know, you can't beat Ohio state five, you know, how many years in a row? I mean, I, they yeah, beat him. Blake once. could tell me how it was because you no, know, he 2011. He's probably got that written on the calendar up on the wall up there. How many times that Michigan hasn't beat Ohio State? 2011 <laughs> the last time. But you know that's kind of one of those things where you know we we look at it from this standpoint is we need to control. We control. Uh, Michigan State beat us last year. Mm -hmm. I mean Mel Tucker's first year and he had zero chance to recruit anybody. Uh, and they he he far exceeded my expectations. I'm nowhere near. Uh, a Sparty fan by any means, but I think that uh, he's got the program going in the right direction. And, you know, he's got, he came into a kind of a crappy situation with um, D'Antonio just yeah. getting up and, and walking out and I'm pretty out much and pimped him out. So, yeah. so I, I think given a year under his belt, I think his team's going to be a little bit better, but I just, I don't think he has that. I don't think he has that draw yet to get the players that he needs. So let's, let's, Let's look at the Big Ten. I, I agree with your ex. I agree with you guys. I really think that's dead on. Sorry, I bounced in and out. I think I figured out what's wrong. Our fantasy football league is texting me so fast. It's actually knocking me off the air. But, all right, Brandon, as the Ohio State guy, you've heard the Michigan side of it. Is Ohio State, and I, I, I want to speak easy, guys, too, here. Is Ohio State now as dominant is say Clemson is in the ACC? Um, I think there's some unknowns there. I mean, we're we're young again. We're we're back into a quarterback struggle right now. I think uh, Stroud's probably going to get the nod, um, but they're they're freshman quarterback. Stroud's a red redshirt freshman. Um, you know, the the defense is probably going to be our biggest chink in the armor is the same as last year. We, we lost, you know, some players there. Um, we've actually switched from a four, three to a four, two, five, um, as, as the base, which is a little bit more productive for kind of the West coast style passing, um, protection. Uh, and, and we're just linebackers are our weakest, weakest point right now. So we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and again, it's, it's kind of Ohio state, like, you see a whole fleet or flock of kids that you have no idea um, other than their, their high school highlights moment, if they're going to produce or not. Um, so it's just, it's a matter of gelling together. Um, but, you know, we don't really, it's not a super slow start, you know, we came to the gate, um, conference game, then we got Oregon, uh, I think Minnesota, then Oregon. So, um I mean, it's, you know, kind of get, get tested pretty quickly there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, offense is good. Uh, we've got some veterans returning, wide receiver, uh, Chris Olave uh, and Garrett Wilson. They'll, they'll be great. Then we've got a, a group of freshmen that, that can step in and, and make some big plays as well. So, Robbie, always, they've always uh, been next man up when it comes to quarterback and uh, we're all too familiar with that around here. So yeah, I, I don't well, know their success. We just got uh, 
you know, half a, or a season early, we got um, Quinn Ayers. So um, he's a five-star recruit, opted out of his senior year of high school, just showed up on campus yesterday, I believe. Uh, so he's going to probably red shirt. I don't know. Depends on how um, Stroud does. So I want to ask you this question real quick about 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 players opting out of their senior year of high school. What are your what's your feeling on that? Uh, you know, it's it's starting to become a farm league, more um, a minor league team than necessarily a farm league like college. Um, now that they they can get paid, um, I think these younger kids that are highly recruited like that are going to start wanting to to do just that. I mean, this, this kid's already got deals over a million dollars out of Texas and he's the fourth string quarterback on Ohio state right now. So <clears throat> if you're a high school kid and no. you have a chance to, to opt out, what would you do? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now for actual playing ability and being ready as far as physically and mentally to step up, you know, I think it's kind of robbing kids a little bit. Uh, you know, they're they're getting this money-driven kind of deal, I think. Um, I don't know if it's an injury or what, but to to just, you know, completely – I mean, that was one of my best years of high school. I mean, obviously, you know, I wasn't a highly recruited player, but uh, – But I did see you stick Chris Adams at a draft one year um, with I one did. of the best hits I've ever seen. Um, so, so Brandon, you just teed up what I wanted to ask you guys about. Uh, well, so a couple of things um, before I'm going I'm to shoot three questions off real quick. If y'all, y'all, I know time's short. Y'all can answer all three or, or whichever ones you think are most pertinent. So, for the Michigan guys, I see Michigan as a mirror image of what Tennessee is now. It is a once proud football program that has now been kind of transcended into a basketball program and so mm -hmm. now this name image and likeness is it going to go more to the basketball players and is that going to be more of a trend so where does the football program stand and is this name image and likeness going to bring michigan closer to ohio state or is it going to separate them even further on the football field you talk about a four-string quarterback making a million bucks already and Michigan's worried about, you know, Hey, we hate the coach. There's no momentum behind our program at all. Why are the sponsorships getting behind it? What's the feel in Ann Arbor about um, what, what, what does this do to, to the rivalry with Ohio state, the rivalry with Michigan state? Um, I look in the, just my point on Randall's first question. I look at the schedule and I see about six wins, give or take one way or the other. It, yeah, it's not, it's not pretty. So, it, so what you said that's one of the that's one of the many topics of conversation that we've had over here while uh, discussing shows and everything like that about the name, image, and likeness. Uh, when it comes to that, I, what a lot of people like exactly you said. You got your big schools. You got your you got your Texas. You got your Ohio State. You got your eight. You got your uh, Clemson. You got your Alabama. Georgia. Your Alabama. Those are, right now. Uh, last year, before the name, image, and likeness came about, those were you know those were schools, those were programs. Now they're a brand. They're mm -hmm. a, they're one hundred percent a brand. And you know the 
who's the, who's the big brand from Michigan? It, it's obviously it's Jumpman. It's Nike. You know, it's Nike. So you're gonna see you're gonna see kids probably being recruited out of high school. Their their first thing on their mind is what taking care of my family, making dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, you might we might start getting more because they'll see. Well, hey, like exactly what you said, Robbie. You got the fourth string quarterback in Texas making a million bucks. There's a guy who could be an absolute scrub. Get offered a scholarship in Michigan, come in and um, you know make money or whatever. And whether he steps a foot on the professional field or not, or gets drafted, you know that's what that's my thing. I think it's going to change it, but they're going to go with the brand that they're going to probably make the most money. Uh, even though you know it's going to kind of go hand in hand because you know Michigan's got the brand. Ohio State's got a brand, but what brand is a little bit stronger at this point right now? And obviously, it's going to be in Ohio State. It's going to be, uh, you know, the brand. And real quick before I switch over to Tom, because I think he wants to say something. Um, if uh, Ryan Day doesn't put a, hang a hundred on Michigan this year, he's a chump. <laughs> well, I, I think clearly football will always remain supreme in Annenberg, no matter what. You're you're. You know, say whatever you want. You're you're putting 110 asses in the seat seats every every Saturday, which 118. Yeah, well, 118,000. And and if anybody, any got you guys been to the big house? I have. I have. I won't step foot in that place. Most (laughs) uncomfortable place to be. But (laughs) but you'll dunk your head in the toilet bowl, huh? (laughs) But 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 with with yeah, great part of the big house is the way it's built. It's got to be so loud, game day. Oh, it, it is. Oh, it is. I mean, it's underground for the most part. I think like yeah. the top row only sits about twenty feet above above ground level. But um, with the success that the basketball team has had, and and, and uh, Jawan Howard's recruiting ability, and yeah, the name, uh, image, and likeness, the basketball program is definitely nipping at their heels. But. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, the big money maker is the football program, and and you know, you you saw it, uh, B. Jane, when when you know Cooper was was uh, the coach there in Ann Arbor. It mm-hmm. it was tough. My dad, my dad's Buckeye, and you know he bleeds uh, scarlet and gray, and we we have our battles every every year. So I I've, I've been through his pain when Coop was the coach there. So and and I'm kind of like eating crow. But, um, I mean, it's tough. Well, it, as a fan, it's been tough. It seems to typically go back and forth, but I, this has been one of the longest stretches I've seen in, in quite some time. So, um, now, like, I, it, I, I it's, ask you. Not, it's not as fun when you guys aren't no, as good. It's not. No, it's not, it, no. not at all. Like, just, I mean, just imagine being – the yeah, first Tennessee, was Alabama, except Alabama wins championships like every other year to go on top of beating us, and they win championships. Yeah. Well, can I make a can I make a full disclaimer right now? I'm also a Clemson fan, so can I make a full disclaimer on that? Uh, hey, well, hey, you got bad news and good news, right? So. <laughs> hey, enjoy Joe Melton, though, Tennessee. But enjoy you're spot him. on. You're spot on, uh, Robbie. You're spot on with the comparison with. Tennessee. I mean, it's 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 a program that once was uh, um, storied and and not so much anymore. Just like here. Yeah. So well, well, at least at least you guys haven't got to just fast forwarding through football season yet. We're 
we're getting very close to just being like, all right, well, who's our next coach going to be? And then, uh, and let's go. But, uh, been in rebuild since 98. So it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, but the baseball program is coming along nicely. And Baseball's baseball. doing well. And Michigan, and Michigan too. Now we're yeah. talking. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk baseball. So, <laughs> no, not another show. I'd love to talk baseball with you guys. Yes. You, you guys do badminton or bowling? <laughs> I bowl. I bowl. I got. I carry like a two ten average. You want to bowl? We'll hey, bowl. You, you want a scholarship to Tennessee? <laughs> I don't think they're gonna take a forty year old fat ass out and uh, let him bowl. They don't where, let you drink where, beer when you do it. Where are y'all actually located? Y'all in Detroit? Or y'all outside of Detroit? All right. So uh, we are about twenty minutes north of Ann Arbor. Okay. Yeah, twenty minutes Ann north of Ann Arbor. And we're about. 45 minutes. 45 minutes uh north west of detroit okay yeah uh i, I went to uh, i went to actually indiana my freshman year and uh came up to ann arbor for the indiana michigan game which at that time it was not a game now this year it is gonna be a game well let me t- I, you know what let, let me so that was one of the talking points i want to have uh, you know the team that always gives uh ohio state fits every year that's uh, the that's the Hoosiers, man. The Hoosiers give a fit every. I mean, Ohio State always n- normally pulls it off, but uh, I mean they've it's been giving them fits for the last couple years. Where yeah, is that, that game? Is Purdue just has like never been good enough to win anything? They always like screw up somebody's season like every year. Like that, that Ohio State Indiana game. Yeah, Iowa the same. You play there yeah. at night. You see those kids in the hospital. I mean, you're losing. Oh. You're not winning the game. Yeah, you're. Hey, yeah, yeah. You, it, it just kind of they puts got a little too much like karma yeah. and power there. Like you're you're losing at home. If Ohio, uh, Rich, I agree. If Ohio State stumbles this year, they got at Indiana before Penn State. That could be a little bit of a uh, not necessarily a trap game. Because I think Indiana is going to be really good, but that's a two game stretch that. Uh, that's the hardest they're going to face all year. Uh, I mean, at, in, at Minnesota and, and Oregon to start the season is tough, uh, especially with a new quarterback. But uh, actually, that Oregon game is going to be interesting. Yeah, with Penn State, uh, you know, Penn, Penn State normally brings it. Yeah, it's funny because it, uh, you know, typically Penn State plays. Uh, they play Michigan tough. They always play Ohio State tough. You know, it's kind of like the bigger games. It's like they show up for, and then they kind of get lax. They'll they'll play Illinois, and they might barely squeak out a out a win against the Illini. Um, and the, I, I think in the in the comments back and forth between QB one and I, um, we were talking about you know James Franklin on that being on the hot seat. I mean, I, I think he's one of those guys that yeah, he's he's probably on the hot seat. Uh, but I give the guy a, a ton of credit. He, I mean, he came over and he absolutely took a program that was absolutely in shambles when it came to nobody wanted to go. Nobody wanted to go to school there because of the the previous uh, allegate, you know, not allegations, but you know the, the previous stuff that was going on with them. So I mean, he he started off between a rock and a hard place. I think he's done a pretty good job. But um, I, you know, they're a couple pieces away from really you know tying something together there. At Penn State, but I don't think it's—they're not going to be on the level of a, a, you know, an Ohio State or anything like that. And 
Uh, let's just let's you know let's face facts here. You see these uh, these teams that are wanting to go to uh, the you know they want Texas wants to go to the SEC and Oklahoma wants to go to the SEC. Take Ohio State, please, because they're pretty <laughs> much an SEC team, just embedded in Big Ten, really. Because the the how talent they at the poll is amazing. How would they compete in the SEC? In your honest, they would opinion. be uh, like everybody else and take their L from Alabama and move on every year. Yeah. Eh, not every year. We've beat Alabama before. So we, now, we, if you if you put them in the East, um, them in Georgia. Um, well, if you put us in the SEC, I mean, we're going to get some of those recruits too. So. Yeah, we are so, probably get more. So when Urban Meyer went to Ohio State, that's a very valid point. I've said a lot alone. Mm-hmm. He brought a different recruiting mentality than the Big Ten has ever seen. Sure. And Rick, when you do say <laughs> Ohio State is an SEC team, they truly play. Mm-hmm. They look oh, more yeah. like Florida than they do Wisconsin. Is there's a, there's a radio. There's a radio guy up here that they, he calls them the Deep South Buckeyes, because he thinks they're uh, they're a SEC caliber team. Don't belong mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. No, no. Uh, I, I'll I, tell I, you I, what. It's a lot. It's a lot easier to practice in the the dog days of August and late July in Ohio than it is in Gainesville, Florida. And so, if you're practicing, that weather's a lot better. You may trade those few cold games for all of those hot practices. All right, guys. Hey, we got about 10 minutes left, and I want to fire kind of some roundtable questions and, and just get everybody's short answer to a couple of questions. Start out west. Iowa or Wisconsin? Who's the best team out west? Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin, for sure. Brandon? Totally agree. Yeah, it's unanimous. Uh, I wanted to be say something different, but just looking at them, I mean, yeah, um, they've got the best program uh, rolling out there and on the wet. I mean, it. They're the second best team in the Big Ten, in my opinion. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, until uh, and they have the best year. Yeah, if Nebraska gets something rolling, but I don't know about Scott Frost. I don't know if he just caught lightning in a bottle at. UCF or um, what's he gonna do in Nebraska? Sorry for my short my short answer not being short. Yes, but y'all just set up my second question perfectly. Tom, who is the second best team in the Big Ten and why? Well, I I, I believe it's Wisconsin, and and it's mainly because. They'll have an experienced quarterback coming back this year. And secondly, I, I just love their defense. Their defensive coordinator is just former uh, Badger. His name escapes me at the moment. But he just seems to get those kids ready every week. I mean, early on in the season, anyhow. But I, I think they're experienced. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have, you know, in the East, it's not as uh, tough of a road, we'll say, as it is in the West. Or, or I'm sorry, in the West. It's not as tough as it is in the East, so that's I, fact. I think uh, Wisconsin number two. You think about that. Just the you look at the lineup of what the way the divisions are. If you're in that East, if you're on the East, you got a you got a mountain to climb if you want to make it to Indianapolis. Jane, no, I, yeah, I agree. I, I said that before you asked the question. So um, they're just like. 
I think he hit the nail on the head. Defense is probably really what what keeps them them moving forward. So, yeah. Robbie, please make an argument for Indiana. I am going to make an argument for Indiana. Um, Leave the so, attorney to make the argument, guys. So, I think Tom Allen's a fantastic coach. I wanted him at Tennessee. Um, he is building a great program. Um, so Indiana will not finish with the second best record in the Big Ten because of what you guys alluded to. They play in the East, and you've got a much, much tougher road to come through. They probably won't finish the top-ranked team in the Big Ten, or second best, but they will be the second best team in the Big Ten. <laughs> okay. I love it. All right, guys. Here is a hypothetical. Rich, since you're on the screen, we can start with you. Okay. What what number would it take for Jim Harbaugh to get fired at Michigan? Three and nine, four and eight, two and ten. You know what? And the the love that you know. Oh man. This is oh, you know what? I tell you right now, if if Ryan Day holds true to his word and hangs a hundred on him in November, he'll be gone. But I honestly think if he goes on sub five hundred, they'll they'll probably look to maybe move on from him. But but that's just me talking. But if you if you look at it from the the athletic department, they're not getting rid of him. He just got a five year contract for doing nothing. Yeah, oh, he took a pay cut. He's still making it was, five million. Wasn't it restructured though to where it's more incentivized on wins yeah. and stuff? He's got more of a base and yeah, it's it's so five I, and think a half. It, I think it was to save face a little bit on on his part and their part because there's nobody else to hire right now. He, you're you're absolutely right. I I think too in their the the story they run with here is uh, he offered to take a pay cut so they could bring in uh, a better coaching staff uh, behind him. And, but he's always had, you know, he wants to recruit a kid. He goes and hires, you know, his dad (laughs) to to come in on the sideline. So I don't think the coaches have ever been a problem, but he's not going anywhere. He's, he's the, you know, next to Bush Schembechler, he's number two. He'll have a statue out there before you know it. I don't see how with the record, like, I mean, (laughs) by him it, and it's crazy it, i mean this the ship's sinking you got to jump eventually Good yeah, i like the captain you got to go down with that ship yeah you know, that's Robbie, you know, there, hey, you know what he, he goes and sleeps on people's floors to get Robbie, is there a number that you think gets him out well so when you look at it he's been there five or six years just got a contract extension. They've got 12 preseason AP votes. 12 just to get in the top 10. They're behind Liberty, Louisiana Lafayette, Coastal Carolina, um, North Carolina State. Look at some of these names. If he's not fired already, I don't know what – like, I guess he's just not getting fired. I mean, he's like in a, 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 a lifetime appointed person at this point. Like, here's your contract. Like, just, hey, we'll, we'll keep hoping for the best. I, I, don't, I don't know how you don't – you didn't look at what he's done in the past. It's like, 
he's not the right fit. He's uh, Michigan man and all, but yeah, and hey, nobody, he's, nobody's knocking down his door in the NFL right now. Well, and I think he may, he may have ended up playing like a Urban Meyer and pulling the retiring and uh, maybe a consultant type role in the athletic department versus you know saving face because he's such a Michigan hero. Um, I think that would be a more likely out for him than you know just a bad blood uh, firing. Don't uh, and. Uh, Risen Tom, like y'all know Maynor. Do y'all see him? I don't know much about never, you know, I've seen him just in the press conferences on ESPN and, and you know, the, the main one. Like, does he seem like the guy who will just be like, hey, on my end, this isn't working. I'm moving on. Or is he going to keep collecting no. that check? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's, no. he's the king of arrogance. Hey you, yeah. hey, you can't pop that arrogance balloon with a needle. That's just, a, <laughs> just that big. Yeah, yeah, he he's a, he's not gonna. They're gonna they're gonna have to run him out of town in order for him to uh, to to leave. I, realistically, he has he has pretty much a like a blank lifetime checkbook job. and a lifetime job there because uh, oh, what the hell's his name? The uh, Ward Manuel. Him uh, Ward. Because oh, it's, it's funny. My, my girlfriend's sitting right over here, and as soon as I was trying to think of the guy's name, Ward Manuel. She chimed in and said, "Ward Manual. She works for you, event, so it's like Ward Manual. So, yeah. So I. Uh, it's always good I, to have support staff. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I see. I have my computer in front of me, and I'm watching you guys. And then you know, we got cameras over here. We got cameras over here. We got a big screen here, so Tom can see what's going on. Uh, I'm watching Miguel Brer trying to hit his 500th home run over here. He's going to strike out. I, he, no, he walked. They they threw oh. four balls at him, and they were all way outside. Nobody wants to pitch to him. Oh, no. Randall's making, making a booty call right now. Nobody wants to be that part of history. Like Randall's doing a booty call right now. So what's no, up, hey, no, nobody's pitching to him, and nobody's answering Randall's booty call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was that was kind of fun. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know Tinder with my phone something like that. Uh, so yeah. So when it comes to the Big Ten, obviously you're going to get you know your steamroll teams are going to be, you know Rutgers is going to be a doormat again. I you know what? And I'll be honest with you, Maryland, Maryland wasn't bad last year. They so were I'm, not. Uh, you know I I you know I. They, I would expect Maryland to have a decent season. I'm not going to say that they're going to they're going to you know light the world on fire by any means, but I think they're going to be competitive. Some in certain games they're going to be competitive, for sure. Illinois, Illinois got a first year coach uh, coming in um, because they finally got rid of uh, the, the Pop, Pop Santa uh, Lovey Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, they finally they finally got rid of him. Uh, you know, and that's the thing is, and it goes to show you when it goes to the NFL, like if you look at everybody it happened in Detroit, everybody clamors to the uh, the Patriots coaches and everything like that. You know, well, obviously, that one time the Patriots coach went, to, uh, went to the Bears and then he went to a Super f- Bowl. Fizzled, fizzled out there after the Super Bowl and then and he went to the Illini and fizzled out there. Um, you know, look at uh, Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss, he went to Notre Dame and then, I think he might be sitting next to Kurt Warner bagging groceries at IG. Hey, don't don't forget Kansas. He was at Kansas too. Oh. Yeah, I know, yeah. but you know, I, hey. I'll I like to think of big schools. You know, like Notre Dame. Yeah. Rich, hey, I, thought, I, 
Hey, I thought Kansas was joining the Big Ten. Oh, you know what? Hey, please don't say that. So What's we're up, not man? gonna get to we're not gonna get to the lines tonight. Can y'all come back when we do our NFL kickoff show and do some line stop with us? Hey, that's, hey, listen here. Anytime you need us, we're available for you. We're neighbors, so I mean we live right next door to each other. All we do is say, Hey, you want you wanna you wanna record tonight, we'll record so I, absolutely. That's and awesome. Cool. I could have cool. uh I could have spent the next two and a half hours talking to you guys, but unfortunately I got my nine o'clock guest telling me he's getting sleepy. So I guess I better get him on. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, you guys, Hey, thanks very much for having us on. We really appreciate it and everything like hey, that. Rich, and, uh, yes, sir. Plug everything, plug everything. Uh, the off the center show, the three thirty show. All right. Whatever y'all got going, plug it right now. Yeah, see, I and uh, so uh, I, everybody that's on or whatever. So uh, we have a podcast called the uh, Easy Speak at the Speakeasy Three Thirty. Uh, we broadcasted for the first time yesterday on uh, River City Media. Um, you know, again, we like interaction with everybody. So you just uh, yeah, if you pop in for a few minutes and hear something you like, comment. Uh, we respond to just about everything that comes across the wire. Uh, you know, our show is kind of like a free wheel. You know, off the rails sometimes. So. You know, we'd love to have you guys interact and, you know, have some fun and, and more importantly, build the brand. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also uh, uh, here at where we're at right now, we d- we also produce uh, the Off Center Sports Card Show. Uh, I'm sure Robbie and uh, I'm like you guys got some cards laying around. You're probably wondering if they're worth any money. That would be definitely a show you guys want to check into to see if uh, – you know, you might have a hidden gem laying around your basement that might be worth some cash. But uh, and those are two good friends of mine that live in the area that do it. And, uh, uh, you know, they have weekly giveaways, tri- trivia. Um, I shouldn't say weekly. Right now, they're probably like on a biannual basis the way it's been going. But, um, you know, summertime's busy. But no. And, you know, with that show, whatever, we like to go and we also do remote location at, you know, card, card show events and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, we just uh, what we do is we really love what we do, and, and anything we do to help you guys out, we're more than willing to help you guys out with anything. Absolutely. Uh, hey, it's yeah, been- yes, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime, man, anytime. Yeah, if you want to come yeah. up to see a real, if you want to come up and see a real football team, the uh, yeah. DCF, which is the Detroit City Football yeah. Club, it's a <laughs> soccer team. You can come yeah. up and see them. Hey, they just won well, a championship. So that's good. We appreciate the quarterback. We hope he does better for us than he did for you. But um, I, I'm so excited about building a brand together. We're all, both of our podcasts are tied into the iLogic Media Network already. We do a lot of things together. Oh, yeah. But this is going to be a great partnership. And uh, I can't wait to see where football season brings us. And if Tennessee's about three and nine, you can tune in every Tuesday and see Robbie and Rod. Because I'm going to be <laughs> under my bed again. <laughs> I hear you. Hey, hey, you guys have a good night and everything like that. And uh, we'll be, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be talking to you for sure. And definitely uh, uh, reciprocating both ways. If you guys ever want to join our show and uh, come on and talk, talk football and stuff like that. So normally Sundays, we rec- we normally record on Sundays and try to midday. We uh, really it all depends on schedules and stuff like that. But. We try to do Sundays, uh, you know, Sunday, you know, Sunday and Wednesday. So, oh, Randall's booty call coming back in. So, hey, I was wrong. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate right, it, guys. guys. You guys take a, yep, take a take drink care. break real quick. 
All right, I don't know where these guys are. Randall's having a little complication. Um, well, what do we I, have I, next? I don't, I don't want. I don't want you to feel lonely. So I mean, I'll. Oh, you're good. Yeah, come back on. No, I'll man. Stay enjoy, for a enjoy talking with you guys. That was uh, that was fun. Yeah, Get no, a so, and, on, uh, how how Ann Arbor's feeling right now, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's a mixed bag. Your diehard Michigan fans are all. I mean, they're all about they're all about hardball, you know. And um, you got guy, you know. And I'm a Michigan guy, so uh, for me, I, you know what, I don't care what you say in the media. I don't care what you do. Win football games. That's all we want you to do is win football and win meaningful football games. I don't right. want you to go in and I don't want you to go and curb stomp Illinois or anything like that. I want you to. Exactly. Well, it's, I, it's I, always been you, if you win one game a year, you know, it's the game, like win that game. Like that's always yeah. been on. When you, when you can't beat your in-state rival, that's it. Right. Well, that's, you know, that, yeah. it is what it is. All right. Well, Randall's back. Hey, um, good, thanks, good man. Like that. have a good one. And uh, we'll definitely be talking. Yep. Take care. Take care. I think Robbie's on a bathroom break. Coming back in. What we got? Chappie coming in next, I believe. A little Big 12 action. What are we doing? Uh, Brandon, you missed your time to shine on, on your own. You got to just randomly rant. It's like your confession. I'm talking. What are you talking about? You just popped out of nowhere. I, I'm trying to get this scheduled. In. We're hey, now. I a drink. If you're no, Chris, can you please tell everybody on the our group app to quit texting me? Every time they text, it knocks me off. <laughs> so every time somebody sends a group text to that group app, it knocks me off line. So. I don't have Wi-Fi. I only have Wi-Fi turned on, and it's really, really driving well, me crazy. You just got shown up by uh, Easy Speak. As a speakeasy, they had all kinds of fancy equipment. We got to up our game. Yeah, they did. They had the whole setup, cameras flopping back and forth, TVs. Yeah. Well, if our friends would keep quit texting us, I could probably do better. But all right, man. Bring that back. Go ahead. Thank you, Robbie. All right. You're welcome. All right, guys. So that went well, except for me getting knocked off about 20 times. Those guys are really great, know a lot about sports. They were, they were great. Glad to have them. So they are now a permanently addition to the River City media lineups. So, yes, Chris, I know I need EPB, but right now my router yeah. is at Why max. don't you have EPB? I've ordered it, and I don't have a line to my house. But we need to talk about that now. Well, Blake, Blake, we'll call, we'll call Blake after this. All right. So, is uh, God, that was a good segment, except for me getting knocked off. We're going to go ahead and call Dennis Swaney. Rod should be back in just a minute. Jane will be back. Dennis Swaney will be joining us. Let me get him on here. Robbie, I really – I really liked the Easy Speak guys. They're they're great guys. They are. 
I mean, they seem like I just met them, but it seems like. Hey, D. Swain, uh, I'm gonna. You're gonna be live here in about 30 seconds. Here we go. Welcome, D. Swain, uh, to our. I've only lost signal about 30 times, so if you uh, ha happen to drop me in the middle of a conversation, you will know why. But D. Swain, man, uh, you joined us again from uh, for our draft special, but you're here tonight. To talk a little SEC football. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. How about you guys? I'm good. Robbie, you doing all right there, buddy? Hey, we're we're an hour in, a few drinks in. Uh, this is this is where I get to my prime stage. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. I've been looking forward to it. A little late getting there, D. Swain. I've had all kinds of issues with equipment. You and I worked on another show together. We know what these equipment issues are like. This one, every time somebody would text me, would knock their show off. So don't text me, all right? I will not text you. All right, D-Swain. So <laughs> let's go He's ahead. He's asked for it anything. Yeah, he didn't. He was like, he, he don't text me anyway. D-Swain, so we've talked a little bit leading up to your interview where we feel like in the SEC this year, it is – it is uh this is georgia's year to prove it so i know you are the great great georgia equalizer where do you stand on the east and is it their year to prove it well i mean on paper sure yeah they 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 have the Heisman trophy winner jt daniels coming back and i had it out with our old buddy Keith Perry over the weekend about him. He threw for what a little over a thousand yards in the four games he started, but one of the games he threw for four hundred yards. Another game he threw for a hundred. So I don't know. I, I, he's he's an upgrade from anybody they put out there last year. No argument. But maybe it's the homer in me. But I think Dan Mullen has Florida. In headed in the right direction. And yes, uh, Georgia should be favored. They're returning a lot more starters. They didn't lose Kyle Pitts. They didn't lose Kyle Trask. They don't have George Pickens this year, and they didn't really have anybody else to throw to last year. But surely somebody will step up. But if Florida's defense improves, and I don't know if it will with Todd Grantham calling the shots, but I've liked Emory Jones since he got there. So... I think the cocktail party is going to say it all this year. And we'll learn a lot about Florida the third game of the year. They get Alabama. So. Well, let me. A nice running game, but they don't have. I mean, they're three, four years removed from Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. And Swift had a nice second year. But. I think so, it's a lot of and yeah, it should be Georgia's year, but they're not going to beat Alabama. They're probably going to start the season zero and one. That's Bobby, that's what I was going to ask. So what what does what does that game against Clemson mean? And if they and you and you said you think they're going to start zero and one, what kind of pressure does that put on them the rest of the way? Because no. Presuming Alabama's lurking in the SEC championship game, or even Texas A&M, it, it, that matchup against Florida, you know, you've got 
and Arkansas team that's pesky. Uh, they should roll Tennessee, but you know what pressure does that put on them the rest of the year? Well, if it's any pressure that's self-induced, especially if they play decent, if they keep it close and they don't get killed by Clemson, they're not going to fall very far because Clemson's number two. Uh, it, it doesn't do anything in SEC. If they go and win the SEC, it doesn't matter if they get beat by 40 against Clemson. Everybody's going to say, well, that's the first game of the year. They were still trying to find out who they are. If they win the SEC, they're going to be in the final four. But mm-hmm. I do think internally – especially if they, if they don't look good, it'll put pressure on Kirby because I know a lot of Georgia fans still love him, and, and I get it because if you get rid of him, who are you going to get? But in Athens, you know they're going to be like, look, dude, this is supposed to be your year. Everybody lost. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is gone from Glims, and you still can't beat him. H- how are you going to beat Alabama, Florida, just because they lost people if you can't, you know, there will be questions, but as far as the national picture goes, I don't think it's a big setback. So, Robbie, Jane, do you assume, are you with D-Swain that you don't think you can, because I made my predictions and I was trying to be, I, hold on, let me make a statement. Last year, D-Swain, is it fair to say you as a Florida fan and me as a Tennessee fan, we had to bond together to survive the onslaught of a Georgia, the Georgia nation. Oh, sure. Absolutely. We were, we we're on a show that was heavily Georgia lean. And uh, Robbie, do you, let's start with you. Is Georgia your slam dunk? Wins the East, Florida, South, 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 I think it's Florida, Missouri, Kentucky, the next level with Florida at the top of that. How do you break it down? Um, yeah, so Georgia is by far the most talented. Um, I am a believer in Dan Mullen. I think he's the second best coach in the SEC. And so when that game comes along, I expect Florida to be playing well. Um, I think today did I hear Florida has Alabama this year? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's a loss for them, and that's early. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and at LSU, I mean, I think Georgia makes it to the East mainly because I think Florida has a harder SEC schedule. Um, but I don't think it's by any means they're slam dunk, um, even with the most talent. I mean, that's been kind of the MO for Georgia for the last um, decade or so in the East is usually having the most talent. Shane, any thoughts? No, I I mean, I agree. I think it's, you know, it's up to Georgia at this point. I think they've got as good a chance as any this year um, to get it done. Now, you know, who knows if they can do that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you guys on that. D. Swain, is Kirby Smart proven to be a big game coach yet? Uh, let me think. Is there? Any... I don't. I can't honestly think. And I, there's probably been a game he was an underdog that he won, but I can't. 
more he's proven more that he's won less with more than anybody and i've said that and i'll continue to say that till he wins because i can't think he lost to south carolina and, and that's all the players i get it but i can't think of a game where let's take the national championship game he had that game won and pissed it away there was no excuse for Georgia not to win the national championship. And if you were going Andrew, you're cutting in and out again. Disclaimer, uh, we weren't able to hear a lot of that. Um, am I scratchy to you, Brandon? No. Okay. Am I? Um, any? No. So, uh, I'll, I'll just say something to, to Georgia fans. Um, Y'all have enjoyed a incredible two-decade, two coaches in a run. Don't be happier than happy. Hey, if it's not for Nick Saban, y'all have two national championships in the last 10 or so years. The year uh, Georgia lost Alabama in the SEC championship, and then Notre Dame was waiting for the for the other team. Georgia beats Nick Saban. Georgia wins the championship. Uh, Georgia had Alabama up 21-0, I believe. Or Sorry, D. Swain. I lost feet for a second. Uh, at halftime, the national championship. It's not for Tua, Tungla Viola, and uh, DeAndre Smith. 
Devonte Smith, y'all win. That's two championships that were that right there. So don't try to be happy than happy. Saban's not going to be there forever. Kirby is going to break through. Y'all will be happy if you keep him. Uh, and just be patient and enjoy winning the East. Enjoy win- playing the SEC championship in about two to three years. Hopefully, the SEC is back to being open. And um, well, I'm not with Tennessee, but Georgia, <laughs> Georgia will have a chance. But yes, to do that, I, I, I know everyone wants to win now, and it's the mentality. But Kirby's a great coach. Uh, he and Dan Moore are going to battle it out for a long time. Uh, but Georgia's going to always have a fighting chance. Do you uh, so right now? You still have Saban Mullen as your top two, or is it? Yes, and, and I apologize. That was a conversation was about, and I just answered a totally different question. We we couldn't hear much. We couldn't um, hear yeah. hardly anything y'all were saying. So yes, so, and, so yes, in the SEC, I have. Uh, I mean, obviously Saban's. Do you just take him off the board? Uh, I have Mullen slightly above uh, Kirby. But I have Kirby as number two or three. So Ed Orjon doesn't make your top three? No. How about you, D. Swain? Where do you put Ed at? I put Ed at number six. Just he's like he's I mean he's he's the equivalent of Gene Chiswick. He got lucky with a hot quarterback and they had a magical run and Chiswick was what fired two years later. Hey, I think Orgeron's back on the hot seat. All right, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch topics a little bit, and I want to go out west for a minute. Um, where do you think is the West more balanced this year, uh, D. Swain? With your, you can answer first. Is the West more balanced this year with Texas A&M, LSU, Alabama, or is it still just just Alabama? It's still just Alabama. I mean, like I said. A&M has a nine. And he's gone again. Brandon, you want to answer that question? Uh, I'm sorry. I was not paying attention to that, to be honest. He says, uh, <laughs> I so basically, basically, the SEC West, is it Alabama? Is it basically still just Alabama? No. Or is it Alabama, somebody else, Alabama, and multiple people? Here, but is oh. Arkansas really going to compete? No. Lane Kiffin loves running his mouth. He's not going to win at Ole Miss. I love, love, love Mike Leach, but he's a little quirky, and you just don't get the players in Mississippi State he needs. So it's it's Alabama, and then it's more balanced two through seven, if you want to say that. But no, it's it's Alabama's going to win the West. I I, I would. If I had it, I'd lay a nice sum of money. Robbie, Alabama to win the West? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, in total for the notice, um, the one question I would, that I had kind of talking about the SEC West is a uh, broader term is, so I've been impressed with Sam Pittman at Arkansas. I think he's doing a hell of a job there. Is let's say he goes five and eight, six and six, seven and six, however many games they're playing. 
does does the chance of winning more lure him away from the SEC to some other program, or is the riches in the SEC too great? And you say, hey, I can keep if I can keep winning seven seven games here, almost like a damn moment in Mississippi State. Can I just stay in here and wait for a better job in the league to open up? Or would somebody like, say, Texas Tech, hey, maybe you can win with whatever the heck the Big 12 is going to be? Or a Arizona State or an Arizona. Is it where you prove yourself to build a program? And then, But would you ever leave the SEC to go to a lesser conference at a maybe a better chance of winning? Lesser conference. Rejoining us, Mr. Raj. Mookie for governor of Tennessee. Shoot an answer yeah. to that. Would you ever? You cut out. Are you asking me a question? He's the greatest Tennessee citizen on earth. But No. If you're Sam Pittman, are they better jobs than Arkansas? Yes. I don't know about this whole lesser conference nonsense. Um, we can you know, explain it tradition- if you need to. <laughs> I mean – traditional powers and whatnot like Arkansas is I know it's in the big bad SEC and I know he was what three and seven overall but uh you know it's about tradition and and legacies and whatnot and they're far more reputable programs than the middle of the SEC teams uh I know I'm blowing everyone's mind here but um yeah you know I, I think he's done well does he you know, Arkansas is a traditional program, much ironically like Wisconsin and Brett Blema, which we all know how that ended up. But, you know, they're not going to get too many five-star dudes. Um, they're going to coach them up, and they're going to get transfers, and they're going to have a good team every three to four years based upon, you know, coaching ability. And, and it seems as if, you know, uh, homeboy, what's his name, Pittman has shown a decent coaching ability. But, you know, there also are low standards in – that's unfortunate, but that's the case. They're no longer the Hogs. Ever since Bobby Petrino put a 18-year-old blonde on the back of his hog and wrecked it, uh, no pun intended. Um, you know, Arkansas is not exactly a team that – what do you have to do at Arkansas to get a, a better job, if you will? And in the SEC, what does that entail? Because most of the good jobs in the SEC are not only taken, they're long-term taken. Uh, maybe with the exception of LSU – uh, with Coach O possibly helping himself out the door. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's a Southern guy. He's a Georgia, what, former offensive line coach and assistant head coach. Um, as far as I know, again, the top three or four programs in the SEC, there are no jobs opening up. Now, could he be an option in, let's say, a city like Knoxville? Sure. Why yes. not? We've hired um, coaches. <laughs> hey, but you know, as soon as the next one comes on, you guys are all about it. You know, hundred percent. We're going to be ten and two this uh, year. D. Swain, I, will, I will. going back to last year. You and I, apologies, actually roasted Arkansas for for hiring Sam Pittman. And well, I did at least. I thought it was the most horrible hire I'd ever heard of. What do you think of the, his tenure so far? Well, I mean, I didn't. Honestly, I knew he was a good offensive line coach. I had no idea of. What he was a great unknown to me, really. I had no idea what he was going to be bringing to the table. Uh, I did enjoy his speech when he got hired, and obviously he does something 
the locker room to get those boys going because I didn't think Arkansas was going to win a game, much less five. They killed Tennessee. Oh, they, they, they just look, they looked so much better than Tennessee when they played. Did they win five? I My think bad. so. I thought they won three. You're looking at Tennessee's record, I believe. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will say this that this is what this is, I think, is overlooked. In the next five years, there's going to be a job, a premier job, in the deep, maybe one of the premier jobs at Alabama that a lot of people aren't going to want to take because you're talking about a pressure cooker and you better win. Every, I mean, that, that's the standard every other year championship. So, D. Swain, let's talk about Alabama and Saban. How much – I mean, will he coach till he just wants don't want to coach? Yes. Or will he die? That, that's going to be the million-dollar question. How, do I, we, think, I oh. think he's going to be like Paterno. I think he's – I forever thought, you know, he would leave Alabama after five years. But I – had to change my tune. That dude, I think he's going to stay there until he's 80 years old, and the rest of the SEC is just going to have to accept it. Robbie? It sucks for everybody, but that's how I see it. Hey, Shane, I, I know you're not an SEC guy, but you've had experience with your program losing a longtime headed coach like Woody Hayes, who got mm-hmm. fired under different circumstances. But I felt like it'd take Ohio State a while after Woody to get the program back where it should be. It, I mean, is that just standard? Even Alabama struggled after Bear left. I, I think so. I mean, it's so hard to follow a legacy like that. And like like Robbie said, when, when you've got these young and up-and-coming coaches that are looking for the next big job and, and the place that they can – confidently build a program and win when you've you're coming in and trying to follow a legacy like that that has done nothing but win and has national championship national championship and you're you're trying to come in and follow that like as your up and coming job no no like i don't i don't know a coach that that's on that track that would want to do that Oh, if you listen to Feinbaum after the rare Alabama loss, about a third of the callers are, oh, Nick's lost his step. He's got to hang it up. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and it's just that delusion of that fan base. I mean, we're he's like not in Alabama. Like, yeah. I mean, he is the Pope, you know, in Alabama. He's the queen of England. He, yeah. He's a figurehead at this point. What? He's not going anywhere until – and he's got so much competitive drive. Like, I think you're going to have to pull him off the field on his deathbed. So, he's got so, seven. I think he ends at ten. So, this brings up a great question. Let's let's discuss it just Bro, for just a second like before so we move on. Is it easier when – is it easier to win a national championship in 2021 than it was prior to the playoff system? Because I, I can tell you, honestly, I feel like that era where Florida and Tennessee played each other every year and on the rare occasion, Tennessee beat Florida, that one of the two best teams in the country 
wasn't even in. I mean, if you if tennis went Tennessee lost out Florida, they were done. Ten and one, they still were at the prior to that. You can talk about Miami and Florida State in the late eighties. Right. The the early nineties. Mm hmm. They they had some great games and the loser was done. They were out. Uh, and just mm-hmm. to, to to another extent, there was a time and period in the 70s where it was USC Notre Dame that was a similar. So what what's your opinion? Uh, let's go, Rog, is it easier to win a national title today than it was before the playoffs? It depends on who you are. If you're Alabama, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you're other teams, I think it depends on – you know, it's sort of a loaded question in the sense, and by playoffs, I believe you mean BCS, which the BCS was the national yes. championship. Yes, yeah, BCS uh, national championship. And the BCS was nonsense uh, in the sense that the uh, coaches poll was contractually bound to vote according to whatever the BCS had chosen. Uh, AP was more biased, I would believe. Uh, with different riders across the country, but the AP could have, you know, one and two a certain way, but then the BCS have it their way with their metrics, which let's not get started upon that. And the coaches poll, despite having drastically different results the week prior, would suddenly just switch to whatever the BCS said. It, and that's an indictment on not only the BCS, but the joke that is the coaches poll. Um, you know, there still is a, a reputation popularity aspect, if you ask me. Um, if you're Alabama, they're so good that it doesn't matter, in my opinion. Uh, is it easier today for them? Probably. Uh, you know, they don't even have to win the SEC, and, and they'll get in no matter what with one, two, maybe even three losses. Uh, in many respects, I think that's nonsense and others like do i think alabama is one of the top four teams in college football every year absolutely um you know the ball bounces different ways so you know i suppose i'm rationalizing after the fact but i you know i do think it's easier well it just depends on the qualifiers uh again my point overarching point being that it doesn't matter for alabama robbie you got any thoughts on that yeah, so, and I kind of agree and piggyback on what Rod says. If you're the best team, it's easier to win now. Point being, Alabama's won three SEC championships under Saban and six national championships. Have they been the best team most years? Absolutely. In the in the AP poll, coach poll area, Air, there's no way those teams are getting into to the championship game because once you drop, it's just they don't care who you play. They just don't bounce you around. It's just if you don't if you don't if you just keep winning, you'll stay above. They don't watch the game; they just look at the score. So, so easier to win as a you know the fifth or sixth best team. Oh, it's much easier pre BCS pre playoff because it was just. Hey, you just win and you keep moving up. Um, and so it's kind of how you want to skin that cat. Um, if I have the best team on the field, like so those that Florida State run we talked about last week, I think it was, yes, give me the playoff any day of the week because I was always one of the top four and let me go, let me match up. 
like the year uh, Urban won Ohio State. They were the four seed, but hey, they the, when uh, Cardell Jones got in, they were a different team, and boom, they could they would not have won. Um, and I think Alabama's won from the four. I think the four seed won. I don't know the exact number, but at least several times the four seed has won in the, in the playoff format. So, all that being said, D. Swain, do you not feel that Spurrier would have more titles in this era than he did in that lose a game out of that Big Bowl era? D. Swain? Yes. Don't forget about Chain up in the corner. I'm sure he wants to say something nonsensical. He's not on it. He's not on the fax line. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and go. Um, yeah, I I think Florida would have definitely won more uh, under Spurrier back in the day. Um, it was it was a little bit more of a political kind of. BCS standings lose a game, you don't, you know, you don't even get a chance at, at the national championship. Nowadays, it's it's what it should be. Everybody wants to see the best team win, and who knows if you're the best team, if, you know, if you don't get a shot at it. So, I, I'm excited about the expansion. To be honest, um, with the playoffs, um, I can't wait to see that and and to see some of these. Teams that are a little underrated kind of sneak in there and surprise some people. Um, but yeah, forever be one of the top four, uh, unfortunately, till Saturday. So everybody keeps telling me to turn off my notification. It is it is text coming in that makes that sound. So please do not text my phone. Uh, somehow we just dropped D Swing too. Um, and I think you're right. I think D. Swain, I'm going to try him back one more time here in a minute. But uh, I think D. Swain would say the same thing, that Spurrier would have more titles. So let me give uh, let me go on mute and see if I can get a hold of D. Swain again. And, Robbie, I want to ask you a question before I go. What is success for LSU this year? LSU. Man, you've got – Alabama, A&M, Florida is your crossover at the minimum. I think I think Ole Miss is going to be good. I'm, I'm not an Ed Ogeron fan. I know they got the championship. I think that was a one-off. So, at UCLA, a win. McNeese, a win. So, that's two. Central Michigan, a win. At Mississippi State, a win. Auburn will win. At Kentucky, I think they lose. Florida, they lose. At Mississippi, they lose. Alabama. Set one, two, seven and five, I think. I think they win. They beat Arkansas. Well, I think they beat Arkansas at home. They beat Louisiana Monroe at home. They lose to AM. and m They got seven and five, and Orgeron back in the hot seat. I just – it was a one-year wonder. I keep going back to the Gene Chizik comparison. Um, well, and that was such a talented team they had. Right? Yeah. And well, I mean, LSU has always had stud receivers, stud defensive backs. LSU's yeah. never a board of talent. But historically, 
you know, think about how bad they were before Saban got there. Then Miles oh, won. Miles won with just, you know some of Saban's players, and then Orzron got lucky with a transfer from Ohio State. Right, he came down there like he was. Joe Burrow wouldn't have been there if he didn't work at Ohio State, and right. so it was lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I mean. It, it's just one of those – it's a perfect storm. Everything came together, and all the talent just linked up. And, and two were getting up. hurt for Alabama. Yeah. I mean, it was it was unbelievable to watch, too. I mean, it was a great run for them. I, I agree with you, seven and five at best. Um, yeah. But I do have a question right. for you I guys. Hold on. I wanna, can the, right. can the caller right. mute his uh, – Computer, please. I want to bring these. Wayne is off. I brought in another SEC expert. If he will mute his mute his phone, so we can't hear the show in the background. You're all SEC experts. Join us from his home in the Applacial Estate, ladies and gentlemen. Make welcome, criminal. What's up, Chris? I don't know how this works. I had to mute the computer to get the phone to work. Oh, First good. First time caller, long time listener. How y'all doing? Good. <laughs> and, and my notifications are not on. It's when somebody texts, it makes that crazy sound. That's so, what notifications being on are. So you know. <laughs> I know. If, if your notifications aren't <laughs> on, when someone texts you. Clearly, we need a production guy for River City Media. <laughs> Let it go, both of you. <laughs> What? Well, well, we couldn't I'm hear what y'all were saying. Just all four of you were talking at the same time. We, we just don't know if you understand what notifications on and off mean. Uh, yes, I, I I worked for Sprint for 13 years. I know. I know if I go over right now and turn off the text notification in my settings, it will knock our show off. So I'm not doing that. So I've muted all my text streams. But there's still a lot, though. So anybody that texts me right now can just knock me off. So anyway, don't give people ideas. I've been off enough. So criminal, is Alabama going to win the national championship? Probably not. Why do you think not? They've been twice in a row. Every now and then, once a month, once a year. Once a month, or once a year is probably impossible. Who's gonna Who's gonna win it in your Sorry. eyes, Chris? Sorry, I'm a little inebriated. That was a joke, but okay. Yuck, yuck. Who's gonna win it in your eyes, then? Honestly, I don't know. I just I don't feel like it's Alabama's year, but every year is Alabama's year. Yeah, they're, they're always well, in the well, okay, if are they making the playoffs? Is Alabama making the playoffs? Well, always. Is that a that's not a given? <laughs> well, we we we've given them the championship already. So yeah, you you're you've pulled our reins back. No, I got cleansing. Hey, hey, Chris, just one more question before we let you let you go. We're gonna let you talk as long as you want to. Can you tell us why you're gonna win the fantasy league? Because I was about eight seconds away last year, and I should have won last year because of Raj, and I'm going to win it this year because of Raj. 
So your whole draft strategy is to get so drunk you pass out. So Raj picks your team. I'm not passing out this year. I'm bringing extra monsters. Randall, Randall, you helped too. Don't sell yourself short. So did Gio. Hey, hey, criminal. But I was happier with his team more so than mine. Chris is going to be searching for his acre lot about round two, and we're going to lose him in the cornfield. We will definitely. That or he'll be like, "What? Hey, I'll build my 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 boat ramp. It's okay. Ten thousand apple shares, right? Is that what?" Yeah, we heard last year. Two hundred. Oh, it was two hundred thousand apple shares. I believe. My bad. My my fault. Escalated quickly. My fault. Except for twenty five percent, I'm good. All right, criminal. Why couldn't resist calling you in, folks? What are you drinking on? Now, quick question for Chris: When we go back to the original question of the night, like, what what do you like most about this league? Why is it different? I love y'all. Well, of course you don't care about the money. You wouldn't play in this league if you wanted to win. <laughs> hey, dude. He did make money last year in his defense. Right now. Everything is very delayed right now. Who said that? That was just <laughs> Robbie. Who do you think? Robbie. 2003. Is that, is that your last win? Wait a minute. What? 2005. Special year. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was off by a couple of years. I was, was also 11. in the finals last year, and I was like, one game from the finals the year before. He was. Did you still that's a lot of that's a lot of losing late in the year. Uh-huh. Excuse me. What, would you rather lose early? <laughs> Just donate your money. <laughs> I think we. Hey, we both we both used tax write offs. Yeah. <laughs> Hey. All right, our our great friend Chris, man, I, I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to the draft. Who's your number one pick, Chris? Travis Kelsey. Mike. Forget all that. Tua. All right, we know, Tua. we know to protect you from Travis Kelsey. I was gonna take Najee. Always, that's my girl and my last name. Let's go. Let's go, buddy. All right, Brandon. Chris. What was your question? So my question was for the SEC guys here. Um, what do you think about the new additions in 2025 of Oklahoma and Texas? And how is that going to affect the East and West? Will they just kind of split and take one and one? Will you think they'll reestablish geographically or, or how do you think that's going to play out? We'll, we'll be going live in a minute. Next question. Raj, Randall, me, who do you want to take it first? Go ahead, Robbie. Uh, you go, you go ahead, go dude. Because we're all going to say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So from what my understanding is, uh, they're getting rid of divisions. They're doing pod. And so it's going to be, if you go to – X school, you will play every team in your four years. You take the four years. So, for instance, it will be Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, and Vandy in a pod. So, kind of like the NFL divisions mm-hmm. and conferences, mm-hmm. no home and homes each year. So, you'll play your your same division. You'll have like Texas, Oklahoma, maybe LSU, Arkansas in a pod, Missouri. Are they, 
Kentucky, whoever. Um, but in my overall thoughts are, um, I don't like it, but it's inevitable. And I think we are eventually going to get I, – I, I, this is the first domino to fall. I think we're getting one power conference that's going to be shaped much like the NFL and same kind of format. And they're going to say, NCAA, you're gone. We're taking our ball. We're playing our way. And we're going to be the, we're going to be a Saturday league to, to the NFL Sunday league and, and pray to whatever that the NFL does not remove that three years removed from college restriction. They're removed from high school restriction. All right. So I'm going to let somebody answer this question for me. On the phone from WQSB, call-in football show, Mr. Phil Harris, are you there? I'm here. Phil is the original SEC uh, fan. Phil, what's your thinking on Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC? Uh, I I'm more of a traditionalist, and I just believe they're watering down college football because, you know, mainly it's about money, it's about TV ratings, and uh, it's just like they've talked about uh, having the full format on the college football playoff and extending that. It's just all based around money, uh, television uh, contracts, and that type of thing. It really isn't built for the traditional saying like we are where you go to games and enjoy football it's more about tv now all right guys uh i think everybody feels that way i'm not sure i like texas and oklahoma in the sec but it's going to happen so phil just happened to be sliding in a little late i want to i want to i want to tell everybody first phil will you tell everybody what your radio show is and what area of well i think you cover the whole state of alabama Tell me a little well, bit about your show. Yeah, we really do. It's a lot of uh, mostly northeast Alabama. But, you know, now we will cover the whole state, especially come playoff time. But for the most part, uh, we concentrate on North Alabama, and then the northeast Alabama is actually our coverage area. And the reason we cover North Alabama is because so many of the teams around northeast Alabama are interested in what's going on in the whole northern part of the state because. You know, every week you're looking around at the schedule and who you may play coming up in the playoffs. So everyone wants to keep up with everybody in North Alabama, and everybody's familiar with everybody now with the way the playoff format is. So, Robbie, uh, you being a Baylor grad, do you follow high school football? Well, one, I don't have kids. Um, I follow – um, I read the paper, though, still. I'm still one of those old-school people that do read the paper and read the sports section. Uh, I check what Baylor's doing. I check what McCauley's doing. I check what South Pittsburgh, Marion County's doing because uh, part of my clientele, it, it, it is all of those people, and so I like to know what's going on um, because we do live in a area of the country where high school football is huge. So do I follow it knowing, you know – Who's playing who? Who would I pick over who? I've learned over the years to pick Macaulay over Baylor. Uh, uh, seems to be, I think it's like 10 years in a row or something now. 
But um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't say I follow it, but I keep you know my ear to the ground, so to speak. Jane, how many games do you go to high school games often? I know you played. I know your daughter just started school. Is that something she that she grows you want to include her with or, or what? I would like to get back to that. Um, I, I haven't been to a high school game in quite some time. Um, I think the last one I went to was maybe Blackman, Riverdale, uh, up here maybe seven years ago, pre-child. But, um, yeah, it's something that, that I'm interested in getting back into for sure, especially as, you know, the talent level has kind of risen around this area. Um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting to go see these kids uh, in, you know, high school form and, and see how much they stick out above the rest of them. You know, and I think I asked that question intentionally because we're Phil and I cut our teeth broadcasting in North Alabama. Phil, the fandom of high school football is just not like, I would say, people who live in the city. What is the difference between these rural schools in North Alabama and, like, you know, an East Ridge and the fandom and the followers of those schools? Well, uh, that's a good question, and I'll, I'll answer it with this right here to start off. One of the coaches pointed out at the, one of the press conferences we did and it talked about high school football, especially in rural areas of where we are here in Northeast Alabama. It's a passion. You know, communities love it. They look forward to it. That's like this week. There's a big buildup. Everybody's ready for it to get started. But one of the coaches pointed out that in the metro Atlanta area, there are more people living in the metro, area, in metro Atlanta area than there are in the state, entire state of Alabama. When you look at the football part of it, there are twice as many football players playing in Alabama as there are in the metro Atlanta area. So it just goes to show you that, you know, and really in rural areas like where we are, the schools are smaller and it's community uh, that backs these schools. When they combined all these schools like they have in Georgia, it takes a lot of fan interest away. And a lot of people don't play that normally would have because they're probably not going to make the team. Um, I'll, I'll give you a, a great example of what happened to me today on the phone that backs up your point. Um, so I'm in Chattanooga. I'm talking to somebody in uh, Manchester, Tennessee. So a small, smaller town in uh, Manchester. And we're talking about worried about things starting to get canceled. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, Titans games or concerts, all that. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I think the Telehoma High versus Coffee County High School is going to get canceled this weekend. I'm like, yeah, like the smaller you get, the more it is centralized around these, these high school sporting events, especially high school football in the South. And so, yes, I think um, there, the, I think the, Urbanization of America is making the high the high school football in the rural areas more important. Rog, uh, before we go back to Phil, I actually have two one. questions for Phil. Okay, man, I want to ask you a quick question. Uh, when, before you left California, did you ever attend a high school football game? After I graduated high school, 
No. Yes. I did not. All right. But that's kind of the California mentality with high school football. It was part of your life well, in high school afterwards. You know, it was different back then. And, and now where there's so much power kind of centralized amongst, you know, St. John Bosco where DJ, you know, tons of talent from Bosco. Obviously, modern day, which was longstanding USC pipeline. Uh, Bryce Young being a guy that was actually a USC commit that uh, defected. But, you know, kids, they go from that area all over the country now. And it used to be, you know, just one area that they stayed in, which was Southern California. But, you know, for a variety of reasons that we really don't need to go into, you know, football talent has been centralized uh, amongst like five or six schools. So to answer your question, you know, when I go watch Bosco versus Modern Day or Corona Centennial, yeah, I would because those two teams are three teams are like watching college football teams. Um, so no, I have not been since I graduated high school, but I would because the level of football amongst X amount of schools has gotten so much has increased so much is just so much better. Um, my question uh, for Phil are number one uh, at W five or WQSB one hundred five point one Alabama's country giant. Um, I have loyal listener friends David and Marion Anchor who are from Albertville. So this is a two part yes. question. Number one, are you from Albertville, Alabama? And number two, do you know Rush Probst? Uh, I don't know him, just know of him. Uh, I I really don't. I live in Valley Head, which is about an hour and 15 minutes from Iberville. Uh, But we cover that area uh, a great deal. I mean, Marshall County is huge, huge for our fan base. It and DeKalb County uh, is two major. But I don't know Rush Probst. I just have known of him because he's always been around since I've been around. So, you know, we've covered his teams and. You know, coaches and coaches under him, you know, for instance, Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, but uh, I just kind of know of him. A lot of the things you get out of where he's been has not always been good. He's been a great coach, and he's won a lot of football games. Uh, but you always hear a lot of baggage involved everywhere he goes. That was quite the magnifying glass. Oh, apologies. Go ahead. No, I, go ahead, Rog. Well, I was saying, uh, you know, I, Alabama football, obviously, high school is huge. But, yeah, I hate to say it, back when I actually watched MTV, two a days, put it on the map, uh, put that area, Hoover and whatnot, Birmingham area on the map. And, um, yeah, I mean, you have that, you know, focused of a magnifying glass. Of course, especially back then, I, I, I don't think in any successful high school program, and I'm sure you would agree there's going to be – a lot of bad that came with the good. Um, my final question was, is your accent seems very uniquely Alabaman, and I think it's awesome, but I've not quite heard it. Is it a blend of regions, or um, is it central to where you came from? Because uh, much respect, I dig the accent, man. Um, you probably don't hear that from jerky Californians or other people, but uh, uh, I think it's pretty awesome. Well, I, I well, I was born in 
Chattanooga. I was raised in Chattanooga, but I came down here for my sophomore year to that head. Oh wow! Very cool. So it's a it's a cosmic blend, if you will. I think Randall and his 1980s internet killed us all. He's yeah, it's headroom right now. Was working with America. Randall's here on 1989. Accomplishment in broadcasting. Probably had a lot more laughs. Hold on, evident. Can you not hear me? Occasionally. I said, yeah. All right. Phil, yeah, if I, I may, if you can hear me, Randall's question was, what is your, uh, what are you most proud of in broadcasting? How about that? I think if Randall's gone, he can't hear us. When Randall yeah. goes, Phil goes. I'm, yeah, I yeah. made that mistake yeah. earlier. So just, just so you guys know, even though I'm knocked off for a second, I hear every word you're saying. Oh. Well, good. Oh. Miracle ear. I think it's better if we didn't know that. Can <laughs> yes. Can can y'all hear me now again? Yeah. Yeah. Your dot. Okay. Hey, your dial up has got a, a reception. Yes. All right. So here is the key question for Phil. Phil was working with me the highlight of your thirty-year broadcast career. Well, I, that's what I was saying. I probably got more laughs. And I don't know if I was laughing at you or with you, but it was definitely entertaining. I have to say that. Was was your favorite moment when I interfered their cheerleaders or when I rode at the bathrooms in the visiting concession stand? Well, I mean, you went so far as even going up into the band and interviewing the band director. You know, that, that's something I've never seen before. You know, usually you'll find somebody, but you seem to find a unique way. Uh, uh, to get in two people. And then I remember the night you interviewed the cheerleaders and, and they did a cheer for me and Leroy was on the air that night. And I remember that. That was some more fun, y'all have to say that. Well, you know what? I've been I've been I've been I've been a lot of people's fondest memories throughout their lives. So uh, this podcast is gonna be somebody's because I've I've downloaded and reloaded about twenty times so far, but uh, you you did start. We did start together uh, way back when. And matter of fact, I was at Sylvania just this weekend where we called maybe one of the greatest games I ever watched. Watched was same Sylvania Colbert County. Phil, who are some of the players you've called their high school games that the average fan might know their name? Well, uh, Carnell Williams. Is one. I mean, is that, is that not Cadillac Williams? Cadillac. Yeah, 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 Cadillac. He is probably the best high school football player I've ever seen. And I'm going to tell you why. When I was when I was doing play by play at Scottsboro, we run the beer, which is an option, uh, option beer offense. Okay, he was the safety. Now we would burn him every once in a while throwing the football over, but. He's the safety in the middle of the field. We run the option. The pitch, the, the pitch goes out to the pitch man. He looks like free and clear. All of a sudden, Carnell comes up from his safety position and makes the tackle. 
on the pitch man on the outside, and he did it all night long. We kept, it's like they was giving it to us, but they knew Carnell was going to be there every time. I had never seen, you know, I really believe he would have been a great NFL player at defensive back. I think he was a better defensive back than he was a running back, but naturally, you know, he wanted to be a running back, but he's probably the best I have ever seen, uh, definitely that. And, of course, I've seen several players, you know, some of them, you know, not a big notoriety, but they were really good high school football players. Including uh, Freddie Kitchens, ex-Cleveland Browns yeah. coach. He yeah. was, you saw he coached his game. With, he was about five years prior to Carnell at Etowah County, right? At Etowah, yeah. Of course, they won a state championship when he played down there. So and Cadillac. That was really before, and he was there. When I was there, that's really kind of a little bit before my time, so to speak. When I really got to call a lot of games, it was kind of after that, uh, right after him. But Carnell was getting, you know, was at the end of his career when I really started, you know, uh, started, you know, having, you know, more to do in the bigger high schools. When I was in Scottsboro, I got to see a whole lot better players, you know, as far as people that of notoriety. And right from your area, I know you didn't call his names, but I can think of the names like Ardarius Stewart. Uh, yes. All, all these are kind of under your umbrella of teams, right? Yeah, there's several of them that I got to see, uh, you know, while they were playing. Of course, there have several names, you know, that I forgot. And I want to point out to you guys, I don't know if you know this. Now, of course, y'all, you know, y'all know about South Pittsburgh and you know about North Jackson. Well, I, you know, Coach Hollis is the new coach North Jackson, he stepped up. He's been there about eight years, but he stepped up now. He's the new head coach. Well, you know, they're big rivals, North Jackson and Scottsboro. Well, they got game one moved to the first year. The game with North Jackson and Scott and uh, Scottsboro was moved to week one so that North Jackson could fit South Pittsburgh into the schedule. Well, I was talking to Coach Hollis after our, our broadcast, and I told him, I said, I wish you'd change that. Thursday so I could go watch it because I just love to be there for the atmosphere. He told me, he, he says, hey, he said, there's no way. He said that for playing that game week five on that Friday night, I net $30,000. So you don't think that's a big rivalry and how big high school football is in rural areas. And that just goes to show you how important it is. 30K. Roger, 30,000. You had a question for Phil. No, I just I remember Cadillac being obviously built like a Cadillac, but um, what was he like five ten, five eleven, and I mean if he played free or strong, I think you said he played safety. I, I guess the height may have been uh, an issue when it came to the next level because I did hear that he was a solid DB, but I, I can't remember where he played, and I knew he was again he hit and was built like a truck. Um, but was it a height issue? What was the deal? I, I don't know. Well, he really wanted to play running back. That's that was what he was recruited for and wanted. But you know, I just felt like he could have been a defensive back and Jim Benches could probably played a longer career because you know that's when you're running back, you're going to take hits. It's going to shorten your career. But what made Carnell so tough? You couldn't tackle him. You couldn't get to his waist. He was all arms and legs, and you'd think you'd have him. But you couldn't get to his waist to get him down, and that's what made him so good. Uh, you just couldn't tackle him. Mm. So, uh, Robbie, in your time at Baylor, who was the? Uh, do you remember anybody that jumped out of the 
hit you that was a great football player, or was 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 you already in the bourbon too strong for it to matter? Oh no! When I was at Baylor, um, Gerald Riggs Jr. was at Red Bank, right? And uh, he was a I can't remember. I think maybe a four star, uh, maybe four five. five. Yeah. So he was big. Um, Oh, there was uh, a receiver uh, at Notre Dame that ended up going to North Carolina. I can't remember his name. Um, Our Darius Bowman. Yep, Bowman. Um, Willie Idolet, who, who was uh, – Played at Florida. Uh, played Wake Forest. Forest. Yep, and so uh, he played at Baylor. He was a year older than me. Um, those were the main guys. And we had a couple of uh, – Oh, there was a lineman who was a freshman when I was a senior. I can't remember his name, though. Um, so he would have been a freshman in 2003, went to UT, would have been an 07 class. Um, can't remember his name. But we had some we had some talent in this area. Um, and like Brandon was saying, uh, the, the, the excitement about high school football and, and high school basketball, for that matter, it, high school basketball is all circulated in Memphis. High school football was really non-existent in Tennessee. You know, Brentwood Academy would have your your stars every once in a while, but now the influx of people moving to Tennessee has really upped the state. Which, good God, Hypel. So we we locked it, and and Hypel's been doing really well at locking down the in-state target so far. Um, and so hopefully Tennessee can get some in-state prospects and build this thing. Brendan, who's the best player you remember from high school days? Oh, hands down, Eric Taylor. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, he he played a uh, couple years in the NFL, and it was it was the hardest hit I've ever faced in in high school football, and, and that was in spring training. And uh, uh, it was Brandon. I, I want to ask if you agree with this. Uh, uh, Cos Dematio. In today's football, I think could have made it in the NFL. Oh yeah, um, the, a hybrid, like a Wes Walker type, playing completely. Been a great slot, great yeah. slot receiver in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Cause was unbelievable. I used to watch him with you in the yeah. bleachers or under him or wherever we were at. Um, but yeah, as, as far as someone I faced. Um, it would be the Eric Taylor. All right, guys, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Well, I'll, I'll throw it out there not to make everybody else feel bad, but I, I saw Reggie White play in high school. I think I'll win. Yeah. I graduated well, yeah. with Tony Gonzalez. Uh, have you ever heard of him? Well, I've oh, seen a lot of great players in high school, but I actually played with Eric Taylor. In yeah, yeah. That's what, a different feeling that? when you get hit by an NFL player in high school. Yeah. You should ask Criminal that because you hit him hard enough what one night. Phil, just one quick question. And I love this story, and I'm gonna lead you into it. You played on the 1985 state championship team from Valley Head, which is a 1A school in Alabama. Hell yeah. You weren't able to practice eleven on eleven that year. Explain how you had to practice. Well, well, we did have enough, but if we and it's nineteen eighty four. Oh, you're and older we, than I. We, yeah, we did. We did have enough to do that, but the level of competition wasn't strong enough to, you know, play that. Every once in a while, he would let us 
go against the second unit. But most of the time, we run half-line screens. So, I mean, you was isolated. I mean, if you did anything wrong, you were singled out. So we did half-line scrimmage, and it was man against man. And there was some intense moments in practice because it was first-teamers against first-teamers all the time if we scrimmage. Now, as the season got going, we didn't hit a whole lot. Uh, because uh, he always wanted us to keep our legs under. See, it was mainly about time. We were so experienced, we didn't have to do a whole lot of that. But every once in a while, he turned us loose in practice, and it, it built intensity in practice by being able to go half-line and go one-on-one, uh, one versus one, rather than one versus two, because we would just demolish them. It wouldn't really be a whole lot of fun. Hey, I got a quick question for Phil. What happened against Fife that year? That was your only loss, right? Well, uh, one, for one thing, our best running back, uh, he got he got hurt the week before, so he was very limited in the game. We turned the ball over three times uh, inside their 20-yard line in the first half. And it oh, was, I can't do that. Yeah, we turned it over at the one, turned it up where we fumbled. Uh, Jeff Harrison had the first down at the goal line, but when he got hit, he fumbled the ball. We recovered the ball, but it came up about six inches short on the measurement. So we turned it over there. And then uh, one of our other running backs fumbled running inside the 20-yard line after he had gotten the first down. So we had three opportunities to take a big lead in the game. It didn't get done, and we knew going into the second half they were going to be stronger than we were. So when the game was close, they were a little more physical. Now, Coach Halsalter, who was a the coach there at the time, we went out and picked up a film uh, before we played the section the last game of the year, and he told John, who's the quarterback on the team, he said, he said, John, he said, if we'd have played y'all again, he said, y'all would have beat us. And John said, I coach, you're just saying that. He goes, no, I'm telling you, John, y'all got better than we did so maybe they caught us at a good time, but we had our opportunities. But when you turn the football over, you're not going to win. That's for sure. Not playing somebody good. Hey, to be fair, that Red Devil team ended up with a 12-win season, if memory serves. So uh, yeah, it's not good. like you lost were, with some chunks. Very, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, congrats they, on the state championship. They ran into a bus stall against Cortland, and but on the on the on the bad side of that, they were so injured that one of their defensive tackles was having to play safety. They just was so beat up. They just had karma for Portland. And so, if they would have been healthy, it might have been a good football game. But, you know, they just injuries hit them late in the year. That's what keep them down the stretch. So now Sounds like karma to me. Now that Pop has come up, how dominant a football program is Paul Benefield and Spite at right now in the state of Alabama? Well, they just have, you know, they just have, he, he's just been there for so long. And the kids come there. He don't recruit. They come to him. As a matter of fact, he turns a lot of them away. Uh, because when he sits down with them before he ever talks to their parents, he makes sure that they're going to sacrifice. Otherwise, you know, he's like, if you don't want to put forth what I expect of you, then you're wasting your time here. You know, and this year, he's only got 28 kids. But that's the way he operates, and they're mentally tough. Uh, week after week, they do not make mistakes. They are not going to beat themselves. You know, that's like talent-wise in the, in the semifinals and finals. They weren't the better team, but mentally they were the better team. So, guys, Coach Paul Benefield, head coach is up 5-3-12 and 52 right now currently. 
They've lost one game in the last five years. Or, or is it four years, Phil? Four years. Uh, Lord, I can't even remember now. I just know he's won three in a row. Well, you know, he had opportunities to leave five this year. Of course, they've given him a contract where he just coaches now, and that's unprecedented in Cap County to do that where he only coaches. And so that's the reason he stayed at five. Barwood Christian offered him $120,000 a year just to come down there and coach football in Birmingham. But uh, he, he told me he didn't take the job because he was afraid he would like it. But the DeKalb County School System was worth, was able to work out a contract with him so that he would stay, which is good. And, and I'm going to tell you why. We have two counties of football that we cover on the press conference we had, uh, which is, I guess, somewhere in the neighborhood of eight, 17, 18 teams. Nine teams have new coaches this year. Wow. Everybody's jumping ship, going into administration, going to another state. They're just not staying with it, you know. And most Benefield's by far the longest tenure of coaches, and most of them have only been at their schools maybe three or four years. So hey, I think this needs to something they do in Georgia, and I think you're going to see it more in Alabama because we need to keep high school coaches. we got too many new guys that I'm not going to say they're not prepared and ready to be high school coaches, but they're thrown in there really before maybe, you know, they're having to learn on the job just like the kids do. And that's yeah. unfair to them because sometimes it sets them up to fail. Jeremy right, Pruitt effect. We're done. Oh, Let's go to Robbie Davis. Hey, Phil, why do you think um, all these coaches, you said nine out of one division or one region, Nine coaches left to go to administrative roles. Why do you think that is? Yeah. I, I, well, for one thing, more money. Uh, and you've got so many of principals and assistant principals. I, they just, you know, the thing is in Alabama, when you're getting close to retiring, <laughs> your retirement's based off your last two to three years of what you made. So the coaches, when they're getting ready to step down from being head coaches, go into administration because it's it pays off in the long run when on their retirement. Okay, I, I'm I think I think I missed that. I missed must have missed that part. I was thinking you were saying young coaches and just successful coaches were leaving, but now if it's retired well, coaches, that do. makes sense. They really do. They'll go out of state, or when the well runs dry, and this happens a lot. When the well runs dry just a little bit, they don't stick around. They'll go on somewhere else. Uh, you know, if things are promising and, and, and everything's going well, they'll kind of hang around. But it seems like if the well runs dry, they tend to jump ship more. They're not as loyal as they used to be. In uh, in Alabama, it I don't want to uh, upset my alma mater by saying this versus recruitment versus, you know, giving people better opportunities. Are private schools in Alabama allowed to recruit or give financial aid to the such? Yes, yes, but they've got the system worked out down here different. You know, of course, we're always afraid of them doing the private public school split. But the mm -hmm. way the state handles it, I think is, it works good. You have a thing where schools do recruit, but each of their students is counted as one and a half students. So a lot of times they're moved up one to two levels uh, above what their student base actually is because they have those advantages. And also we have the competitive, um, I can't think of the name of it right now, 
if you say, for instance, Madison Academy, they win a couple of state championships in a row in Class 4A. Well, they got moved to Class 5A. Well, they didn't do quite as well. So competitive advantage is what it's called. So if you're doing real good football and you win a couple of state championships in a row, they move you up a class automatically. And then if you level off, then they'll move you back down. So it's a competitive advantage. So they have a lot of rules that teach those schools that recruit from getting too far, you know, you know, out of bounds as far as having, you know, the, the lot better football teams. They have they move them up in class, level it out just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't want to make too many allegations, but I suspect Macaulay keeps winning these state championships for, let's just say, different reasons than the Chattanooga population generates the talent to uh, win these championships. Maybe some uh, pre-college yeah, NILs. Yeah. Bill, he's Bill. He's just bitter. Just bitter. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, what I miss, I hated it the way the state of Tennessee's done things. Because when I was in school, when I was in junior high, Red Bank, we played Baylor. We played McCall. Yeah. And even though they had a little bit better president, it was fun to play them. We played them in tennis and things like that. We knew we weren't going to win. But you played against the best, and it was fun. And so, you know, I hate it that they don't play the public schools in Tennessee because it took away a lot of the traditional rivalries. A lot of the schools in the Chattanooga area play teams we never hear of because they don't play Baylor McCauley anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. It is, it is silly that, like, Baylor travels to Memphis to play MUS or BGA and uh, Brentwood Academy and Knox Catholic when there's tons of schools here – um, to play, and you know, uh, yeah. especially when I was in high school, we we had um, our share of getting our butts kicked by some of the inner city kids in basketball. So it, it went both ways, you know. Phil, uh, man, I could sit here and talk this forever with you now, but uh, we lost. Uh, just before we get off of here, we lost the guy that got kind of both of us started. It was named Leroy Stancil. We lost him a couple of years ago. What? What? Can you tell me? I mean, because Leroy, guys, Leroy knew nothing about football, I don't think, but he had the greatest radio voice ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was a challenge. Can you tell me a good Leroy story? You got one you can share? Uh, really, not anything really stands out. I, it's just that, you know, he's a lot of fun to be around. Now, he was a late man. Yes, you know, any time, if there was a woman around, he couldn't concentrate on a thing. That, you know, uh, <laughs> but that, that was his big thing. But, uh, you know, he was a lot of fun. I enjoyed I, I, You know, he gave me, he actually gave me my start. And I hated what happened to him because, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a good person. He worked hard. And, uh, you know, and of course, you know, they thought his gallbladder was bad. He turned out to have cancer. And, you know, that's just a shame because, yeah. uh, you know, Leroy was a real likable guy, had a good career uh, in radio, and uh, I sure hate what happened to him, but I so am appreciative of him for the opportunity he gave me. Yeah, me too. And his biggest mistake in his radio career was giving me a live mic and telling me to go do whatever I want to do. <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think he took that as a mistake. I think it was entertaining for him too. <laughs> yeah. All right, Phil. We we got another guest coming up, man. I, I I sure enjoyed it. What 
before we run off, what do you think the Vols' record is? Uh, I think they got the opportunity to maybe – it's hard to say, but uh, I know good and well they're going to be a whole lot better than they were last year. And, I, you know, I told you for three years what a train wreck was coming, and I'd be dying if it didn't happen. Uh, and I told every, you know, everybody. Yes, you told so anyone that would now, listen to you. Now the, now the, you know, I think they're, you know, headed in a positive direction. How many wins that means, I don't know. But if they can stay away from major injuries, I think they can win seven ball games. To be competitive is just about every one of them, at least scoring wise. Yeah, that would be a lot more fun than the crowd. We've sat through yeah. the last few years, so. Oh, oh yeah. Hey. Signs and picking fits and, yeah, yeah. It's about time they had an easy me schedule. Me getting arrested for public drunkenness while I was stone sober, is that, me being arrested for public drunkenness while I was stone sober, you think anybody could accomplish that other than I did? Uh, no, I, I doubt it. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, that, that's what I tell people a lot of times. And now, you may be that person that rides the bus and sits in the back that's the glass liquor. But, uh, you know, if you did drink, golly bum, it would be bad. <laughs> All right, Phil. I appreciate it. That's the like best thing I've ever heard. Okay. He's, okay. he's a glass liquor. Bye. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for joining us. And Y'all, uh, I, I thank you for indulging me. That, that is my best friend of the last 30-odd years, and we sit – Side by side for about seven years together. So I think I'm talking about a so talk about a radio voice, man. That guy's got a great radio voice, a unique accent. I figured you were a glass liquor when you interviewed high school cheerleaders, despite being like 30, I presume. But uh, glass liquor is something that I'm going to use for the rest of my life. So thank you, Phil. Yeah, that was awesome. A lot of a lot of high school knowledge that guy had. Ah, heck yeah, heck yeah. Glass liquor. All right. Back of the bus, glass liquor. <laughs> Randall is such a glass. That liquor. made that made the night worth it. Just uh, okay. dude, hundred percent. What we got next, boys? Randall's. I know he can oh, hear it. We have, we have fifteen schedules, yes. so just pick one. I know. I was thinking. Uh, he says we have a guest coming. I think it's the Big Twelve, dude. Is that right? Big Twelve or ACC? I don't no. know which one yet. No. Nobody cares. So about the ACC. we're going to have to change our format just a little bit. Just like the Pac-12. We're going to do the ACC next. Then we'll do. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. yeah. I'm back. Yeah. Okay. Sort of. So um, let's. Let's do the ACC now, and then we'll get the Pac-12 and the Big 12 after that. Is that good enough? Woohoo! Woohoo! Four minutes All of right. the Pac-12. All right. Let's go ahead and get the ACC knocked out. Our guest coming online now is the biggest Bobby Bowden fan I've ever met, and um, he's all he's been with us before. So let me get him on. Uh, Phil was a lot of fun, y'all. He can oh, he's some great stupid stuff I've done. Wait, awesome. now that I'm doing is that Phil that was was at Battle of Bristol? Yes. Okay. Oh well, man, I wish I, I didn't connect those dots till just now. How? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Met, I've met Phil many a times. I, I would have been, I would have been more hard on him and more friendly at the same time. Yeah, because he sounds like everyone else you must have met in life. <laughs> hey, before we bring on our next guest, let's take a. Does anybody need a break for about two minutes? Does everybody want to freshen up their drink or something? Is that rhetorical? Do you need a break? Yes. So <laughs> let's take. Let's take a. Stay online. Just cut your cameras off and let's take a short or a short break. Um, Cause I gotta go to the bathroom. To be honest. Hey, well, we can handle it without you, bro. Yeah, yeah. You think you're the only star in this show? Yeah, dude. We, we can keep things going. I've got a. I've got a. I don't yeah, trust been in and out all night. Maybe empty, then I can go get a drink. God, seriously, Max Headroom over there, Charlie Brown's teacher. I've understood like every third word. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! 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 Unfortunately, I mean, it's probably the Go text ahead. has been kicking him off like all night. So you know, our group thread has been. What we need to do is we need to send this video to EPB and be like, "Hey, y'all, advertise Chattanooga, the best internet in the world, the country. Hook my boy up with the EPB internet, please." Seriously, right. dude. He's got, he's got like SpaceNet 2000 or something. He doesn't even have like regular he's internet. up over there. I mean, yeah. It's like, like, wait, you're I heard so the motive in the background. Like, ding. I heard a fax, dude. I so totally heard a fax. Your internet connection? <laughs> Let's yeah. just dog on Randall until he comes back. Oh, well, no, Rod. That Rod, makes sense. What's, what's, your, what's your back looking like? Yeah, how's your back, huh? buddy? Tell everybody what's going on here. Um, speaking of Randall... Uh, he's gone out of his way twice uh, when I've had serious issues and have lacked uh, the proper goods because Randall has been in a serious car accident, which is terrible. But he's got great like supplies, and I'm not talking about meds because he can't spare his meds, even though I asked. But you know, he's twice gone out of his way uh, to meet me at different places. Um, today was the first time I was able to drive, uh, and I had four salon pas taped to my back. But he gave me a 5% lycane patches that he was given that were uh, not OTC. And um, they've been very helpful. And that and the red wine I'm having right now is why I'm sitting upright for the first time. Um, I appreciate you guys asking. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's outpatient. Uh, but, yeah, I have degenerative disc. And recently the disc settled on the sciatic nerve as of Friday night. So... I've been basically crawling to places and laying a hardwood floor. I'm old, but not that old. Um, you know, it's just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, today is the best I've felt. But again, that's thanks to Randall, who has gone out of his way twice uh, to help me out. And uh, I sincerely appreciate that. But back to making fun of his old ass. Um, yeah, hey, no, I, I, hey, I appreciate you guys but, uh, asking. Surgery is Thursday morning. So after that. And I can't wait for that. Let me tell you. Um, I, I think I'm going up to Knoxville tomorrow. If you want to ride up and go to Fort Sanders Yacht Club. What are you going up there for? To, to check on the apartment? That's right. You got, we got to make sure it's uh, in, in uh, season shape. We got to make sure those 20-year-old co-eds that have the house on rent uh, 
Uh, are okay, right? I'll be Sorry, I'll be I'll be uh in PCB next week via lo- location. Uh and then surprise. Oh my god, I, I could be down there till till uh over Labor Day weekend, but I gotta fly back to the draft. Mm. Wait, isn't the do you fly to PCB? Do they even have an airport in that redneck out they, they do. Uh <laughs> there anymore. They do, but I uh well no uh my wife and uh, the friend that's going with us can only stay till Wednesday. But I was like, I'm not driving back on Wednesday. I'll just stay till Friday and then fly up and draft it. And then it's such an easy flight. It's like an hour, yeah. five minutes. Yeah. It's, it's nothing. I didn't know they had an, like, is that Spirit Airlines? Did Randall work for them? Like, I didn't know they had a, West, an actual uh, airport. Yeah, you have to parachute out. I think it's ECB or ECP is the airport code, something like that. I don't know that. Isn't that a drug? ECP? I don't know. Sounds like, if it is, it sounds dope. Um, <laughs> yeah, how could you go wrong? You cannot. I thought next week was the draft, but I guess it's two weeks no, from next now. Week we is. No, so, no, 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 I'm not. Well, so, so I'm leaving Saturday to go to Florida, then coming back. The 28th, just the 28th. Yeah. The draft. And where yeah, is it so, again? It's the campsite. So, 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 so like, here comes Randall. I got a fact. The twenty first. The twenty first. Do y'all go this Saturday or next Saturday? Who me? No, no. I'm like when you refer to the twenty first. Do you do this Saturday or next Saturday? That's a when great I question. To the 21st, uh, I, I, I this, this Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, and the draft would be Saturday like, after next. Yeah. Well, it, well, yes. So yeah, technically, this Saturday is the next Saturday. But boy, we have derailed Randall. Thank God you're back. <laughs> I, I, I've listened to the worst five minutes of podcasting without me I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> we went more. We went more. Hundred bucks as the ratings triple. Enthusiasm in five and sports, right there. Yeah, yeah. man, absolutely. We got to throw you know, out times with, a million. Are you riding with? Are you riding with Robbie to Knoxville tomorrow, Raj? No, F, no. Uh, hey, I hope I got bleed. Did you think though? Why would I go patient. to? Not, I can barely sit in a car for more than twenty minutes. You know that. Hey, you get you a couple of pre-suns and fuse of vodka. You'll be good. Yes, those are delicious. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, we were there one night. And Raj bought the whole bar pre-suns with with uh, vodka infused, and it's like. <laughs> The whole bowl bar tab is like 38 bucks. <laughs> you make it sound like I infused the Capri Sun. That was not my scientific invention. Hey, our next guest is online and I see him. Justin Thomas, I need you to answer hey, the phone call that I'm making to you. See, I know he hears us. How far is your bathroom, Randall? Yeah. I see him too. He's got sunglasses like he, on. He's All right. Like you turn off your camera and just type away. I think I just called Jay's girlfriend's phone. Oh, wrong one. Ah, uh, Jay's girlfriend on. That is cold-blooded. Did you call Molly Berry? Sorry, look at the uh, look at the chat underneath there. Yeah. Are we all frozen? Randall just froze. He's gonna leave us with Molly Berry on the line. Molly. Justin's wearing his sunglasses, which is dope. I mean, that's a that's a strong move to pull off right now. And Molly must be 
uh, his better half. So congrats, Justin. Are we doing the uh, Big 12 ACC? What are we doing next? I forgot. Uh, I think it was the Wait, ACC. Justin's a Florida – yeah, he's a Florida State guy, right? Yeah. I think that's right. I've, I've heard from Justin before. He knows a lot about the he's ACC. A, so this, the biggest Bobby Bowden fan that uh, Randall knows apparently. So, Well, much respect. We discussed Bobby Bowden last week. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about our greatest memories of him and, and – uh, you know the uh, the overwhelming thought that Robbie and I uh, Jane discussed offhand. Well, Brandon Watts, uh, he knows. I was yeah, I was text or commenting anyway. Touche, but I, it, it, to me, it was being a bridge, not only a, you know for disenfranchised, if you will, young men, but you know, that he never saw a barrier, whether it be socioeconomic, sure. color, color, I hate using the word color, or anything else. And the, the true testament to him was at his uh, funeral or, or celebration of life, uh, there were countless players, uh, you know, they didn't have to be famous or not, that referred to him with the highest praise that and the utmost respect, that called him a second father. Uh, when does that happen at all? You know, I, this is rhetorical. Will that happen with Nick Saban? I doubt it because he's the queen of England. And this was, you know, in the 80s and 90s. Um, right. Wow. You, you know, just much respect for a man that, that uh, and again, put an entire program on the map that basically didn't exist before 1976. He didn't have a coaching pedigree prior to that. And all he did was have uh, some of the most impressive all-time records. And again, for me, the back when the top five to me mattered, you know, being in the top five for what, 14 consecutive years or something. Yeah. That's insanity, dude. Like, uh, so I, I'm curious to hear Justin's comments and I hope he has some inside story. Cause we all know, yeah. you know, about the general praise for the man. Um, but Shane, we can get your two cents on your memories of Bobby Bowden or, or just something I that you remember. So let me tell you what the night's foul of, of the night was. Why you cut off, Jane? We just called each other on the phone that I'm broadcasting from, which knocked everybody off. So we're back with ACC football, and I heard you talking about that, Raj. Uh, how are you doing, sir? Doing great, sir. So we're bringing Jay. Jay? What do you want me to call, Justin or Jay? It don't matter. Everybody calls me Jay anyway. Jay Thomas, the biggest Bobby Bowden fan, fan I know, online with us now. And, uh, Jay, we've had quite an adventure getting to this point. So if you want to do, <laughs> you want to do something stupid, now's the time. Nobody's watching anyway. Stupid. While you went to the bathroom, now I'll see what the Falcon fans are waiting on the Super Bowl. That time, oh, my God. Seemed like forever ago. You really want to bring that up right now? <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Damn. the shortest guest in River City podcasting, Jay Thomas. Everybody give him a round of applause. I want to hear more. All right. Wait, Let's the Falcons lost the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah. I turned it off at halftime. Yeah. Hey, the only thing worse than the Falcons' second half is my internet. <laughs> all right 
Everybody that's, welcome. That's, to that's valid. Yeah. Hashtag truth. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag if one more person texts me tonight, next person to text me is going to be unfriended forever. Hashtag turn off your notifications. Hashtag. Why are we no speaking? Hashtags. We need to do a show about how your notifications work. Yeah. We'll do it. On how to turn All right. So, Little League practice is kind of late. Everybody, let's get on a serious note and let's talk about the ACC. Let's do it. The The first question I got to ask, and we'll go around, and um, Jay, give me your impressions of Bobby Bowden's career and who Bobby Bowden was. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we ain't got enough time for that, so I'm going to keep it short. <laughs> um, so everybody knows, maybe know, most people. My uncle played at UT. Uh, he graduated in 1989 with Johnny Makers. And I've been in the locker rooms, been on that field, I mean, numerous times. I mean, Keith Malone, Carl Pickens, Andy Kelly. I mean, the list goes on. And two years later, everybody was like, how in the world are you wearing that Florida State shirt? I looked at them and said, Bobby Bowden. And they was like, oh, oh, yeah, you know. And I didn't forget as a kid. And I think at this time, I was about 10 year old, somewhere right in there. And I was watching TV one night. I, I'm pretty sure it was a Thursday night because I was supposed to have been in bed. And I was watching football. And it's when we beat... Um, I think it was NC State, somewhere right around there, and it could have been a little bit later, like 77 to nothing. I mean, it was bad. And I was like, oh, my, you know. And he was like, you know, like they were talking about running up the score, and he was like, I, I was just, you know, running my offense. I, I got to make my kids better. But then the next week, he come on, they play, or maybe in two weeks, they come on, and Bobby Batten was over talking, and he knew he was a new coach, and he was like, I've been over there on that sideline. I know what it's like to be a new coach trying to build a program. You don't beat him in the ground. I was like, I respect that man. He'll put it on you, and then he'll pull it off. And then I met him at Abba's house over in Higson. And, oh, my God, just a man of God that, that loved his kids. And, and he called all his football players his kids. And, and you can't ask for a better idol. I mean, there was nothing wrong in his book. And them penalized you know, wins that was vacated, that was something to do with him. That was a profession that basically pulled down a projector and had the answers on it. So, you know, and I still think in my heart, he's still the winningest coach of all time. And, you know, he don't have the championships. I think playoff era, uh, he would have got at least five, maybe six, somewhere right there. You can argue it back and forth. But just downhearted, good dude. And I'm telling you, if y'all hadn't seen the video, where they had his fear on the rain over the war chant. That, if that don't make your arm higher stand up, I don't know what would. Robbie, you were a, you were you grew up an FSU fan, as you discussed on here. Tell us, how did you circulate to FSU? Um, yeah, I echo a lot of the same sentiments that Jay has. Uh, to me. Bobby Bowden and Warwick Dunn are synonymous in what FSU meant to South Florida and the South in general 
for those of you who don't know, um, Warwick Dunn, uh, I believe it was either his mother or father was shot. I think it was his mother that was killed in the line of duty. As a it was officer. his dad. It was dad. So Bobby Bowden, you know, took Warwick Dunn in and uh, into Florida State from New Orleans to Tallahassee. And then Warwick Dunn's built something like 200, 300 houses for people because of what Bobby Bowden taught him. There is countless projects, projects, not projects, projects of people that came into Florida State and become better people. Um, I'm not a religious person myself, and, and I used to be feisty about religion, but now, like, hell, I believe in uh, deep effing value on uh, Reddit. So it's just believing in something. And Bobby Bowden gave these kids something to believe in, whether it was NFL or whether it was better the community. You hear Danny Cannell, you hear Peter Wark, you hear Deion Sanders, Wark Dunn, Derek Brooks. I mean, all of these people that played for him, um, Charlie Ward, you know, you know, it was that Charlie Ward, I want to come to four stakes, he'll like play basketball and football because I don't know what I want to do. I want to pick the healthiest professional life that I can versus getting hurt in the NFL and bow and let him do it. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been to so many growing up. I went to, uh, the Oklahoma loss, the Florida loss, the, uh, Tennessee loss and championship. So many of the Miami losses, um, Bowden always took it with pride, and it was always about bettering the players. Um, it while he was a competitor, he was not angry competitive, and it was always about building the program and building the young men. Rod, um, or or Brandon, uh, well, we'll start with Rod. Give me you, you're a Pac 12 guy, which by the way, we're going to do next. Give me your impression of Bobby Bowden. You know, I don't know how much everyone heard when you uh, phased out for the umpteenth time. It may have cut the entire signal, but uh, we kind of touched on this last week. But again, the, the most impressive thing about Bobby Bowden, aside from just how how he was the epitome of class and put an entire program, if not all of Florida or Northwest Florida on the map was that his respect and his tutelage and his guidance transcended everything, socioeconomic, cultural, uh, racial, any kind of demographic. He didn't care. And as touched on earlier, um, I think by Jay or by Rob, um, you, you know, the, the amount of kids that, I call them kids that are now like Hall of Famers in the NFL, but that showed respect to him, uh, uh, quote, famous and not famous, uh, was an endless line. And um, that was just unheard of back then. Back then, it's not like it's the turn of the century. Uh, well, maybe it was, but anywhere in the country, let alone in, again, not exactly the most cosmopolitan area, no disrespect, but Northwest Florida. And, um, you've never heard a bad thing about Bobby Bowden. And I agree entirely with Jay that the fact that there were certain wins 
quote, stripped and whatnot was ridiculous. It had nothing to do with him. He was nothing but, you know, a beacon, for lack of a cheesy expression, um, you know, for generations, really. Uh, so just the utmost respect for a man that, that just saw potential in people, not anything else. And, um, you know, very few have come across uh, through the years like him, and I don't think there'll be many in the future like him. So before we go to Shane, uh, was the joke worth me having to hear that back sound again, Robbie? That's all I'm going to ask. Of course. One of them. Always worth it. <laughs> all right. Uh, now, um, Shane, what's your, what's your Bobby Bowden, what's your Bobby Bowden thing? Uh, no. So to second Raj's point, um, I mean, this is a guy that just cared about people, people as a whole. Um, he he saw everyone the same, um, and he tried to help everyone he could along the way. I think football was the vessel that helped him reach out to so many kids and people and, and really help them. Um, and the players, you know, reiterate that. Like, what he meant to them and how he impacted kids who are so impressionable at that stage that that are in a fork in the road that can go one way or another. And, you know, he pulls them in and there's so many successful people that have came through his system. I mean, it just speaks you know, volumes on what he has done, not only for football, but just society and humanity. Like, we need more people like him now that just want to help, you know. So not only was he a great football coach, you know, probably the most winningest coach ever, uh, minus a few technicalities. But, um, yeah, I mean – it, it's it was incredible to be able to be alive and watch watch that so well all right guys and, go ahead Rob. i was gonna say bowden's decision floor states but bowden's decision to join the acc over joining the sec with the what football means now versus basketball probably saved a conference because now Miami joined, Virginia Tech joined, Boston College joined. Like, if if they – if Florida State jumped ship to the SEC, the ACC is probably like the Big East or the AAC, and they are in no man's land, and Clemson is gone. Right. So, I do believe that's a big, big part of the survival. So – Justin and group, let's get back to this year's uh, conference. So, Justin, break down the ACC as you see it. First, I want to counter. Yeah, I got a Warrior Nine jersey spot on. I'm oh, yeah. I wore it in eighth grade. Awesome. That was great. And I was at that bowl game when it got to play Katie Wins. And let me tell you, I got yeah, yeah. for the battle was disappointed. So, yeah. So, breaking down the ACC, I look as, like, 
Yeah, Clemson's the favorite, right? Okay, let's let's, let's start about this right here, though. And, and we we were there a lot of years ago, and I've seen the decline and seen the good times. But you got to look the last two college playoffs. Okay, they have lost to Ohio State and LSU with scores of forty-nine to twenty-eight to Ohio State, forty-two to twenty-five to LSU. It don't matter if it was in the first round or the second round you know, championship or whatever. Uh, we know what they've done the year before to Alabama. It's almost like Clemson hung their hat because they destroyed them. And I don't know. I mean, Clemson, we'll see. So my thing is this. Clemson's still the favorite. But if Clemson don't make the shark, okay, ask yourself this question. Who is the brand that better be in Charlotte with a winning record like one loss or no losses? If it ain't Florida State, then the only hope is is North Carolina with Matt Brown's name there with Sam Howell. So that, to me, I don't see nobody taking Clemson down other than maybe, you know, SEC, I don't see him in the SEC. It's got anything to accept for North Carolina because it took, you remember, one play to win that game. Right. So, Rog, is, is Sam Howell the player we all forget about, and is he good enough to get there on his own? Or is I he personally good enough to get think North Carolina? Define carry. I personally think he's overrated. I... Um, you know, just based on his decision-making, you, you know, he's a young quarterback. I guess now he's going to be a junior, but he's a kid that likes to get out of the pocket. And, uh, you know, I he can make all the throws, but he makes a lot of mistakes as well. He also had, like, arguably the two best running backs in college football behind him. Um, so it made him look a lot better than I believe he was or is. Um, you know, when it comes to – uh, I, I agree, agree with Jay that Florida State's got enough talent coming back. And, you, you know, a guy in Mackenzie Milton that they've sorely lacked in, in a veteran drop back passer. It's been years since that. Um, but, you know, when it comes to Clemson, I do think they could challenge, if not, like as Chain said, be the national champion uh, just because of that defense. And, and, and I watch DJ. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name. Oh, try to do it. And try from it. California. No, no, no. Defensive. Um, defense, dude. They have, they have five arguable All-Americans, in, uh, in, namely with uh, Bressy Murphy and Skalski, who everybody remembers Skalski, who puts his helmet in on everything and concusses as many people as he gets concussed. Um, and, and I don't mean to say that with uh, too much frivolity, if you will. Um but uh, Turner, Booth, like they're loaded defensively. Um, and I don't see a lot of teams scoring, let alone in, in the ACC. And Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, on on that team. And, and with DJ, and we'll see what we get out of uh, Justin Ross. They are uh, a factory running back, just like Alabama, you know, four and five stars at every position across both lines. Uh, I don't see them losing many games, if any, in the ACC. But after that, I do believe it's a crapshoot in the ACC. 
Um, and, and Florida State to me is just as credible as, uh, uh, like I said, uh, excuse uh, North Carolina, who again, you lose two dynamic NFL running backs, your offense is going to change. So um, that's just my opinion. Uh, that's why, like Chain, I believe Clemson will be right there. And whether boring or not, I entirely foresee Clemson, Alabama. All right. And so everybody knows we've got a couple more segments and we're all going to make some picks here. Robbie, you look like you got a follow up to that. Yeah. And so, so this, this is a question for Jay as the ACC expert. So I'm, I'm going to base this on a couple of premises, which is dangerous in college football. Let's say Oklahoma goes undefeated. Ohio State goes undefeated. If Clemson loses that first game to Georgia, how can they make the playoff? Oh, my gosh. I knew somebody was going to ask this. Okay. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's very simple. If, if Georgia's undefeated, Alabama's undefeated, um, them two saying Clemson's out. Because yeah, that, that, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if yeah, so 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 Clemson could, in theory, blow the season in week one because yes, if you're gonna lose, lose early. Georgia, that I don't, scenario, and then that, that, let, let's think about this. That is an old mentality we used to say with posters. Okay, when we used to have posts, right? Lose early, got time to recover. Okay. But if you lose early now, and you got that one loss and say Georgia runs the table, Alabama runs the table. Yeah. They'll meet in the SEC championship, though. But, but, yeah, but even if if Georgia loses, they beat Clemson. Here's college football record. You got to leave Clemson out because the past two years they've not performed. It's not what you did for me. What did you do later? Right, right. So, yeah. Robbie, you had a follow up there, and then Chang, we're coming to you. Yeah, well, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, my, my thing was just like, yeah, if Clemson loses to Georgia week one, they can win the ACC, and then Alabama, Georgia, if Georgia loses to Alabama, Georgia's still getting in as the loser yes. over Clemson because they beat Clemson head to head. So, I'm not sure if I'm Clemson why I scheduled that game. Uh, me too. Because because Clemson's they have an automatic bid pretty much without that game. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, I, no, that I was. Robbie just said exactly what I was about to say. Um, so yeah, if Clemson loses to Georgia, and then Georgia runs the table, meets uh, Alabama, loses, and then, you know, where are you at? Like, what are you going to do? I I mean, Power 5 Conference, maybe they're trying to get somebody from the ACC there. Does does Georgia fall off the, you know, snob there because they lost early, Georgia lost late? That seems to matter to a lot of the voters. Like, whether you play early or late. When you play head-to-head, it, it, it's like – I mean, hey – 
Listen, Robbie, your logic is out the yeah, window. I know, I know, I know. There's a, they do all kind of like it, it, it's a TV show. It is. It's all about money and yeah. getting in. Like they can pull more money in, you know, the conference with the ACC, all the ACC fans with Clemson bringing them in. You know, well, losing the game early. And and this is off topic, but did y'all see that? Phoenix is now the fourth largest city in America, which is going to make the Big Ten or the SEC somebody wanting to grab those Arizona Southern California schools. Well, the SEC is full um, as of 2025, so I I could say we could we could use a few more. Um, if I was a Big Ten, if I was a Big Ten, I'd grab USC, UCLA, and the Arizona schools and call it a day. Oh, for sure, all day. So, because the Big Ten's not going anywhere. I mean, there, there's a. Yeah, no, it'd be the Big Ten. It'd be the Big Ten. School, I mean, we got some of the AFC, biggest. SEC, NFC, just like the NFL, two two conferences. And well, here's the thing: that the NCAA, they're reaching right now. They're about to be obsolete. Like, yeah. it, it's coming. Like with this power move, where Oklahoma and Texas says, "Hey." Whatever, middle finger. We're we're gonna go to the SEC, and what are you gonna do about? It? Like, they well, can't do. It. They're trying to save face with all the stuff they're throwing at. It. Let's explain. Let's do all this. Real, well, real quick from a legal perspective. So Texas and Oklahoma owe the Big Twelve seventy to eighty million dollars around that range each if they break the contract. Which the is Big 12 not going to last at 2025. So, the Big 12, you take your money, spread your school, look, you do their, TV their TV contracts joining the SEC are going to be 35 mil plus. Yeah. Per team. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a no brainer. Like, it, it, the, the NCAA thinks they have way more power than they do. Like, at any point, five could completely. Just be able to take our ball, we go home, we play our own ball. And well, when they got, game. when they got, and again, not to get too nerdy, but when they got defeated nine on the Supreme Court, like you had to see that coming. Like people, people tell you things like this is a bad, <laughs> bad thing to challenge. And you I know. And then boom, like that is free agency. It's NIL. And you're just sitting there and be like, well, wait, yeah, we'll let you guys like no, there's no more letting it. It's over. Like this is happening. Like they the ball just you it's just like here. Sit back, collect your check, and keep your mouth shut. Do yeah. not bother us. We'll keep writing. Yeah. Just just keep throwing the NCAA tournament as long as you can before that's taken away from you and cast your checks as long as you can. Exactly, because they're they're about to be obsolete yeah. for sure. All right, guys. Uh, that was a great discussion. Roger's trying to get back on. Evidently, his internet's no better than mine. He's tried about five times, and he keeps knocking me off the air trying to come back. So, Jake, uh, everything said, give us a give us a ACC championship game matchup. I think it's the winner of the uh, North Carolina versus Miami. Uh, Clemson versus that winner. Uh, Miami's got dudes. Um, they got potential, but I, I'm still worried about that Alabama game. When they come out of there, how many kids are going to be hurt? I remember when we played Alabama, 
fierce that Jello. He's wanting to beat him, you know, saving with Oscar quarterback. And, you know, our season went down. And, and since that year, I mean, that, that was our plunger, really. But I, I kind of feel like it's North Carolina versus Clemson. I could be wrong. And that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Hey, I think so. Jay. Um, Miami's got, I think, 11 starters back, a quarterback. Alabama is replacing six, I think, six first-round picks. I know it's blasphemy, and, and uh, I think it was Bruce Feldman, somebody on that I was listening to on XM Radio was talking about Miami, if they can keep it close and not panic – they may have a shot. What do you think? I agree, but here's what I think. I mean, it's just me. I mean, I hate Miami. <laughs> but it, this is me. Okay, it's a neutral side game. It's week one. The offensive coordinator is from Auburn. He put up quite a bit. I don't know if it was 30-something points of scoring on them. I think for two years, somewhere right in there. But I get it. King is bad because of that ACL injury. But yeah. they've got to play 100% or 110%. No mistakes. But in the end, I, I'm i sorry. Like, watching the Miami teams that we should have beat with what we had, and we played that I still Bro, is it me? Oh my god. <laughs> you guys thought to sit still? Forgive, Sorry, forgive my high tech setup. I love your stream, man. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> Are we on break, I hope? Uh, uh, you know, we're still alive. Robbie and I have been talking the whole hey. time. I don't know where you and Randall have been. <laughs> yeah. Dude, every time I come on, I get the fax noise, so I figured it was just me and Randall's Sprint Network is prejudicial. I don't know. Yeah. Does he have, like, a cell phone tower out there, like a like one of those old satellites that you got to point in the right direction? really <laughs> going on there? I'll, I'll chip on in a, and buy some EPB equipment. He's on a flip phone for sure. Well, I know whatever you say. Yeah, I know he was about to close out the uh, ACC talk here. So, um, anyway, Clemson anyway, Clemson doesn't win it. AC, no, no, no. Miami, I, I really like that. Like they've got a lot of res, a lot of starters coming back. Like I, I think Agreed. they're respectful. I don't think teams should overlook them. You know, I don't know. North Alabama early. Like if you could upset someone. Oh, there's no way they're gonna upset Alabama though. But if they could if they could only lose by like twelve, maybe. Yeah. I think yeah. if you have a spark. I think that's a spark, right? If you lose by twelve yeah. to Alabama. You have you have Miami and then uh I'm surprised what Mac Brown's done at UNC. He's been impressive. Yeah. Yeah. With, the, well, with those two running backs, like I said, Miami I think has nineteen returning starters, eighteen or nineteen. 
Derek King coming back is a difference maker. Um, you know, I'm still bitter about this, like Jarvis Jones from USC to Georgia, not as bitter about JT Daniels, but uh, Bubba Bolden is their all-conference safety. He was a USC grad. He has a USC tattoo on his leg, which I don't know if it's been removed, like Pete Davidson style. But um, he got into a verbal altercation with female USC volleyball players, and uh, USC had a no-tolerance policy after years of nonsense, and uh, Miami took him right away. Shocker. Uh, he also played high school with football with Tate Martell. It was either Miami uh, or Florida. You guys remember him? What's that? I said it was either Miami or Florida to take him. So. Uh, it was exactly. <laughs> well said. Um, but no, Miami's loaded with, you know, tons of dudes uh, that uh, I, I fully believe they can surprise. Coaching to me is their, uh, is their nemesis. Um, all right. Sorry about that. Uh, Alabama's got Mercer the next week. I can't imagine Nick Saban is not obsessing about – not, not that Diaz isn't obsessing about Alabama too, but there's just two different categories. Yeah, I just – I don't see it. I, like I said, yeah, if, they no can keep it, if they can keep it within two touchdowns, I think it would be a big spark for Miami and they might do something. Um just because it's early on, but I don't know. Sorry, yeah. guys, to interrupt, but we're, we're going to get Jay. He was in the middle of making his prediction. Raj, I want you, Robbie, and Shane to go ahead with the Pac-12 talk. I will not be online, so I will rejoin about 10 minutes later. Uh, so let's get, let's get Jay's prediction for the uh, ACC championship game. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say North Carolina versus Clemson. North Carolina, Clemson. Just and, and let me close that with this real quick. Two minutes. Florida State went through a lot. Jimbo couldn't get the football facility. Now they're going to build the football facility. It's going to be one of the nicest in the country. They even said it's bigger than Auburn, Clemson. The list goes on. It's like said. You know, 70-something million. And if you look at Mike Norvell right now, he's projected next year, 2022, top five class. If we already got the number one recruit in the nation, cornerback. So, like, hey, this dude's on fire. So, let's see. What happened to us with $75 million? After that, it was Willie Cagney. But I think Norvell has got us going back in the direction that will – help the ACC get up and get competitive. And look, here's what's going to happen. This is my this is my only opinion. I'll have opinions on it. Like that guy said, last lick is ACC calls it window lickers. <laughs> but I feel like if Florida State and Clemson get the call, maybe even Virginia Tech and Miami, and the ACC says, hey, we've got to merge because I feel like eventually NCAA is going to be a two-conference deal like the NFL, AFC, NFC deal. Everybody's got to line themselves. They may be six or eight, you know, conferences or, or region, districts, whatever they want to call it. And I feel like it's going to that way. And then you're going to have your playoffs set up because it's going to be a moneymaker. Look at the world right now. It's going to every different direction everybody's looking for an answer and eventually i think i mean look 
I want to ask you this one question before I get off here. Other than ACC, SEC, name of Ohio State or Oklahoma, who's the next team that won the national title? Florida State. USC. 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 Oh, yeah, Texas. Oh, yeah. Damn it, I was at that game. Thanks, Dylan. I blocked it out. All right, Jake. I sure appreciate your talk. That was those six. Yeah, man. Very knowledgeable. Let's appreciate it. Sound good. I wish I could get on more, but we're in Little League. And uh, I don't have no time right now. I've got playbooks and uh, dealing with parents. But hey, when I can, I will get home. I support you guys. Hey, enjoy the content. Thank you. When we enjoy the talk, it'll be better. Hey, two things. Go nose and go nuts. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. I'm sure you said go bucks. All right, guys. I think all the guests are done. Maybe we're not going to lose the stream. But, Rod, I'm going to turn this next 10-minute segment over to you. And then we'll come back and we'll do like five minutes on the Big 12. And then we'll go around and have our prediction segment. We'll call it a night. We're running just a little late. So, Rod, would you lead us off on the uh, Pac-12? Are you – Are you? if you're going out, I can facilitate, Randall. Uh, I'm not going out. I'm going to go oh. make sure my daughter's in bed. She's okay. still running around here, so I've got to go handle that. Yeah, so uh, – Robbie, if you'll facilitate, let Rods be the expert, whatever. I'll be back yeah. in about five minutes. I was actually going to – we'll see you in a bit, Randall. I was actually going to ask Robert Chain, um, you know, your opinions first and wanted you to facilitate because obviously I'm probably the only one that cares about Pac-12 football. Now, I say that facetiously. But, uh, yeah, one of you guys to facilitate, ask um, well, your opinions questions. first of all and ask questions. I've got questions lined out, so I'll I'll be the facilitator. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, in the north, it looks like it's as usual, um, Oregon and Washington for the championship. Um, are they the only two, or are there any possible outcomes for the north? Raj, you want me to go first? Chain, you got any opinions on the Pac-12 North? Uh, I don't mean to say that facetiously, Uh, you know, you go, you know, I I think it's Oregon's to lose and not because I think Cristobal is so great, uh, nor do I think, um, although their recruiting has been amazing. I don't believe in their quarterback. Who's probably going to be the BC transfer, Anthony Brown. Uh, they have CJ Verdell at running back receivers are, uh, um, Michael Pittman, the Indiana Colts, his little brother, Micah, who sold out USC. And the other receiver is Devin Williams, who's amazing, who was at USC but didn't want to compete and transferred to Oregon. So I know how we all feel about uh, inter-conference transfers. But the difference with Oregon, in my opinion, if they stay healthy, is defensively. The secondary is solid per usual, but with Thibodeau that we've all heard of on the edge, uh, but they're two linebackers. Uh, Penne Sewell, the uh, top-rated offensive tackle, taken this past year in the draft. His little brother, Noah Sewell, and Justin Flo, another five-star kid from Corona in L.A. that spurned USC. 
for Oregon, um, they're going to be the difference maker. Washington brings back a lot of talent. I'm not sure on their quarterback, uh, sorry, coach, uh, Jimmy Lake. I, I'm not sure on their uh, quarterback. It's going to be the Hewards nephew, Sam Heward, or one of the Hewards. Um, they have a ridiculously great tight end in Kate Otten, Jackson Kirkland, uh, NFL first round uh, offensive tackle if he stays healthy. Defensively, a strong secondary up and coming linebacker. Uh, long story short, it's Oregon's to lose. Um, you know, interesting thing about the Pac 12 is nine of the top 20 teams and returning starters for the country come from the Pac 12. Most of them are from the South. Uh, Oregon is, well, actually, Oregon State is number seven overall. Washington State's number five. Um, and we all know Washington State, a, a school where uh, Jared Guantanamo, uh, Garantano uh, felt like he could transfer and compete, and we all know what that guy does. Um, the Titans yeah, have Washington many State quarterbacks from uh, the North Division that have not panned out, so we are all familiar with that kind of quarterback. Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then again, so, our cast off from the pack, they end up going to the SEC and become all conference players. So, so Raj, I'm going to follow up with a uh, very. Uh, Pointed question for you, and then a more broader question for Chain. Um, if you're Oregon and you're or Washington, the two premier brands of the Pac-12 North, how important is it to win this year with all this realignment going on? How important is it to be like we are a football power and we bring something to the table? Knowing what the shift is, it, not what the shift is happening, but there is a shift happening. We don't know what's going to happen with it. You know, as someone said earlier, it's just about the dilution of college football. Um, the Pac 12 is so unique in that, you know, when it comes to basketball, Thursday, Saturday, uh, there's two LA schools, two desert schools, two mountain schools when we brought in uh, Utah and Colorado. To Northwest schools, uh, Washington, Washington State. To Oregon schools, um, uh, to Bay Area schools. Uh, there's just a lot of a uh, sympatico. I can't think right now, uh, but you know what I mean. Sympatico, uh, sympatico. Thank you very much. Um, you know what do you do? I, I've heard take USC and Oregon, but then what about basketball? What about this? Um, I think it's all ridiculous. It's about TV ratings and networks. Um, like I posed before, if Texas joins the SEC, them and BYU, I think, have the most successful, uh, unique, and exclusive TV network. So why would they do that? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think people falsely, and I, I mean no disrespect, present this as some sort of audition. Um, you know, let's say Oregon and Washington do join, then what's going to stop USC or UCLA down the line? I mean, it's not like they're going to, okay, we're good. Super conference, okay, out. You know? Um, yeah, you know, yeah, but I'm talking about, I mean, I mean, is there pressure on Oregon or Washington to say, hey, we're the Pac-12 champions. We're a product people want to see. We're a good product to be on the field. 
Or is that all irrelevant? Is it just TV? I mean, you're talking about Seattle, a huge TV market. Oregon's got Portland. You're, you're driving, like so. So those are those are big markets. And does is there pressure? Because I would think your days are numbered. I think they, I may be wrong, but it's looking that way. Um, I'll ask Chain first because. We all know my opinion. So, Chain, well, well, your thoughts? Well, Chain, well, Chain, answer that. And also, if you're Oregon State or Washington State, are you just like, what are you thinking? I mean, I, I think the days are numbered. I think um, you're starting to bring in a whole nother level that college football hasn't seen legally which is, you know, the, was it NILs, I guess is what yeah. the acronym is. Yeah. yeah. So you're starting to bring that in. Um, so what gets you more money for the NIL are teams that are relevant, winning, and powerful in their conferences. So that's all in correlation by design, I would think that, you know, you're going to start seeing these kids just like Quinn, you know, for Ohio State, opted out of his high school season. Signed a million-dollar contract in Texas with some energy drink company or whatever, and now, you know, he's the fourth-string quarterback at Ohio State. Uh, so, Pretentious, so, yeah. Let, let, let's, let's say, for example – what we what we said earlier that um, UCLA, USC, Arizona, and Arizona State join the Big Ten, and it is essentially two conferences. Mm-hmm. Can is it feasible that Team Nike is left out of this party, or do they have so much power? That they that someone's got someone whether it's Nebraska or Iowa or some somebody's so, got to get kicked out. There, yeah, there's there's no chance that Team Nike. I mean, they're just too powerful. I mean, they're one of I don't know the top five, ten companies in the world that just I mean make their own rules. I mean, they're on that level. So 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 if I'm circling one. It's Vanderbilt. <laughs> you know, I, I when it comes to Oregon, they're sort of Notre Dame-esque before the emergence of NILs and the video game era and whatnot. Um, Oregon can stand on its own, whether it be how ostentatious they are or how arrogant they are. You know, they were doing NILs before NILs became legal. And it's it's kind of ironic in the sense that USC pimped, oh, we're from Los Angeles. We've got Hollywood, NIL Central. Well, state laws matter. And California yeah. is far more restrictive and regulatory than Oregon will ever be on countless number of things. Um, so to answer your question, you know, I don't think Oregon needs anyone if they want. Now, the flip side of that is the proof is in the pudding. And Oregon, you know, we say the O stands for zero national championships. They're all hype. They have 
1,300 uniform combinations and zero championships. Um, so, you know, I honestly, I don't, I am a purist and a traditionalist. I think these super conference things are absolutely moronic. I don't get it. Um, you know, why join the big whatever? I mean, they're like residuals, leftovers that are going to try to form a, an additional conference in response to the SEC, which, let's be honest, there's an internet DICK measurement going on with uh, the SEC with everything aside from football. Um, the Pac-12 also has got a very proud academic reputation. And like the Big Ten, aside from the Ivies, um, those are like the two conferences that primarily can spell things. Um, I, I, right? Well, Raj, I agree with you that Oregon, in theory, can stand on its own as long in theory, as there's a of course. platform to stand on its own. Yeah, but as soon as the is gone. My, my thing is – well, one, well, one, and yes, I, I will never argue that the SEC um, has the academic prowess of the Big Ten or the Pac-12. But to think that academics matter anymore is is silly. Academics do not matter. It's television money. Very Southern perspective. Too. When, when no, they, football, you're when absolutely right. When they made when it legal, that is proof in the pudding that – Academics are irrelevant at this yeah. point. Yeah. Like this is a business. We're gonna start paying our employees for this business. And which is good. Yeah. Which is fine. Because these kids go to college. If you're a good player. And they they don't care about the academics. They just they wanna, you know, make it to the next level. But now they're making money. Now we got, you know. Quinn Ewers, or Ayers is the first uh, kid to opt out of his senior season so far. Like I said, like I think you're going to see a lot more of this. Like if if you're a highly recruited five star recruit to to any of the Power Five conferences, and you have people in your ear saying, "Hey, I can make you a million dollars tomorrow. You opt out of your senior high school season." And go to college right now. Who cares if you red shirt, whatever? I mean, it's a done deal. Why would you not do that? Well, yeah, overnight, overnight. There's there, the NFL stayed the same. Division one college football has changed, and Division two college football stayed the same. Division one college football is now a minor league system. Yeah, for sure. And, and it is, it is, and it always it's was. Always been. It, it's always been. Now, now it's, they get paid. Now yes. it's legal. Yes, now they get paid. So, paid. Well, so yeah. let me interject it, it, here. It, 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 legal. Yes, Brandon, Brandon, you're, you're Please, correct. Randall. So yeah. I, I want to interject, and we'll go on to the Big 12. But in my mind, either the Pac-12 or the Big 12 doesn't exist after 2025. Do the schools in the Big 12 have enough oomph and contract to absorb the elite of the Pac-12, or will the Pac-12 stand strong and go cherry pick what's left of the Big 12, which would be, but 16 teams is going to be a mandate. And and unfortunately, I'm not. I'm with Phil. I don't. I hate. I don't even like the SEC being 
12 teams. Uh, I kind of was okay with that. But at this point, you are the NFL model, and you are going to be four conferences, 16 teams. So that's where we're going, unfortunately, in my opinion. You know, a few last things on the Pac-12. Number one, are we still going to be able to, and this is rhetorical, eliminate the stigma that, you know, how can you have three teams from the same conference, even if you have like 16 of them, 16 teams make it to the final playoff? Nobody wants to see that. And I'm sure the politics and the money, um, because, again, LSU and Alabama multiple times, two best teams, but nobody wanted to see. I didn't watch it. Most people in America didn't watch it. The ratings in the southern region of the country were super high. I and mean, it's just boring. It doesn't matter who they are. Um, so, but yeah, don't those teams got to compete? That's it, it, it's, it's, but, and they're going to for for decades. I mean, like yeah, it's been what, Alabama Clemson for the last five years, and people still. But what it. I'm saying is, in a playoff, when you have those same teams over and over, and, and let's say the Super SEC has uh, Alabama, OU, and Texas, for argument's sake, you know, and one or two of those teams play each other, or all three, and maybe one in the championship game. You know, um, I, I just don't see how that will be enough of a force to keep – you know, why wouldn't somebody want to see Oregon out of the Pac-12, right? Like, otherwise, it's completely diluted in the sense of a national championship playoff system. Um, yeah, the money is there, but, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like anybody should jump on board just for the sake of doing so. So, like I said, let's say Oregon joins the Super SEC. Um Nobody wants to see four SEC teams, even if they don't regionally make any sense in OU, Alabama, Georgia, and Oregon. Um, you, you know, they, they probably would have settled themselves out within conference play. To some extent, there, there will be a conference championship game. Um, so I, I just don't think there's a need to jump on board like people claim there is. Um, I get it with OU in Texas. The Midwest is the Midwest. Um, I, I'll take your guys' thoughts on this. I'll be Randall for a second. You asked my Pac-12 opinion. I will give that after uh, the follow-up because I feel like all three of you are itching to comment on my last statement. I, I will go, and then after this, we'll let him fill it up. We'll do Pac-12, our Big 12. Okay. My, only, my only statement to any of these theories about the SEC – dominating the playoffs, the SEC having more teams, is it's not it, – you have to put a product on the field that competes with Alabama, LSU, and, and and I don't think besides Clemson or Ohio State, I've seen another school that can go nose-to-nose with the talent that is in the SEC. Isn't that what the playoff is for? Isn't that for the final four or final eight is for? I would Why see watch. them dilute itself and watch whatever power comes out of the SEC murder, you know, Wyoming or whoever makes it by default of having a 12 and 0 record a la Boise State? I would, I mean, watch, why? I'd rather watch LSU Alabama 6 3 than Alabama Notre Dame 38 nothing. Well, that's you, but the rest of the country differed. You know, when they played for a second time in the national championship, like I said, nobody watched aside from 
this region. I could care less. It was on, but that's just because Golden Girls was obviously in syndication. Um, do you guys want would, Robbie? And I know you guys are chomping at the bit, so yeah, please I, chime I, in. I, I, well, I would, I would just, just, girls oh, Brandon, go, Brandon, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just, um, you know, like you start getting – you know, all the teams to one conference, it, it, it starts getting redundant a little bit, you know, like of course. They, they go through the cycle, but the whole excitement about the expansion of the playoffs is, you know, to give other people that aren't so nationally televised or popular uh, a shot, you know, at, at somebody, which is, in my opinion, somewhat fair, you know, there's a there's the eye test which you can typically tell um, who who the best teams are. I still agree with the playoff, and I I, I like the eight team. I, I think that's gonna kind of influence things a little bit better. Um, but yeah, you start doing away with that and taking more of the you know, four SEC teams and two Big Ten teams and, you know, a Pac-12 or a ACC, you know, here or there. And it's, like you said, it gets kind of like watching regular season playoffs. I mean, it's, you know, we've seen this game before. So I'm kind of with you on that. Guys, this, this has been – focus group it's been tested it's been successful do you know who had had a 12 team playoff before the NCAA thought about it the NFL <laughs> like that, that this is what is happening you know what the NFL said 12's not enough so we went to 14 like this is where it, like it's a copycat league like y yes you might all hate it at the first, you're gonna watch it because that's what the NFL did. They they expanded. They kept bringing more teams, more divisions. Used to be three divisions. Those three champions, two out cards. They expanded. More people watch. More money. It's just the evolution of sport. Can you? You no one ever says, "Oh, you know what? I wish the NFL go back to the glory days of three divisions." No, because we want more chances. We want more chances to win. The problem is. The NFL has figured out parity. So parity is the problem of college football, not expansion. And and so college football has figured out parity. Now, I do not think that NIL is going to help that. I think it's going to worsen it. Hmm. But, but, I mean, hey, the, the Titans, we, we, we have, you know, you know, Brandon and I were big Titans fans. We grew up uh, the late, late, the nine, not late. 99 to probably 2004, win to win a championship. Rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Oh, Kerry Collins there, another championship window. Rebuild, rebuild. Now you got another championship window again. So parity is what college football needs. The playoff is fine. You can expand no, it. I don't have a problem with expanding it. I don't have but a problem. Am I being simplistic in thinking the great SEC Super Conference is basically like putting – all the great teams in the AFC and the AFC South, and then watching them duke it out and not wanting to see a redux. 
later down the line. Like, I, I think it's silly. It's a like chain alluded towards it's regular season money. And I, I thought a lot of the money was uh, in the postseason. I'd rather see a 12 or 16 team playoff than these knee-jerk super conference nonsense, well, well, which I think I mean, is well, just well, well, silly. The, the Patriots from the Super Bowl – Half of a, half of the last decade, ratings are yeah, hindsight. That has nothing to. I think what Raj and I are alluding to is that you can't take like four power conferences or five power conferences and have you know four or five teams you know in one conference or another conference you know like three teams from another conference and play each other. NFL, yeah, it's great. They've got tons of teams in the playoffs or whatever but you see that diversity i am i am pro big 10 grabbing and like so sorry raj but the pac 12 is gonna die but i, I want the I, I want i want the big 10 to expand in the it, i mean in football have, not in basketball or water polo or anything else is, right like you can't no, 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 no. ncaa doesn't own the cost for a playoff the college football is its own entity. I right. want college no, I basketball to remi- remain in NCAA control until they blow that too. But they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna blow. But it. but, but yeah, I, I want USC. I want you. I want the 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 big players to be in this two team league because it it's happening. And so, so I what are you saying? Are league. are you saying you want to see them play more SEC teams and other teams in the regular season because? We've basically made the non-conference important now. You can't just play the Fresno states of the world, uh, no disrespect. Uh, that's why Oregon, Georgia's playing Clemson, and Oregon's playing uh, Ohio State. Um, why put these teams in the same conference, aside from regular well, season money, which there's more money in uh, X amount of games versus a so playoff? I'd rather see a 16-team playoff. He's alluding to eventually, like the NF, the NFC and the AFC. Yes, two two sides, and then you know, have, but they're still splitting into divisions. That's basically what well, we have. Essentially, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying there, oh, no, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying it's inevitable. So let's go ahead and make it the model that work. It's a proven model. It yeah. works, and it's, especially right. now, like. They're paying. Randall's got to rein us in. You want my Pac-12 assessment? Real quick, Pac-12 assessment. Um, Everyone wants me to say that USC will be the number one team in the Pac-12. Don't predict. We're coming back to that. Oh, my bad. Um, So to give you an assessment, as I said earlier, of the returning starters in the country, nine of the top 20 teams – Nine of them are from the Pac-12. Um, just something to pay attention to. Baylor quarterback transfer Charlie Brewer to Utah. Utah lost Ty Jordan, the, the freshman, and I believe he was the offensive player of the year. He died tragically from a random bullet. Um, just an awful scenario. Great kid. Uh, you know, a Mack truck running downhill. Uh, passed away. Um, they did receive a couple transfers at running back. Um, yeah, no, no more predictions, but, you know, I, I think the Pac-12 South, despite Utah's, uh, or sorry, Oregon's um, strong defensive presence, 
Um, I, I think the Pac-12 South has three teams, four teams rather, if you include UCLA, who is number two in the country in terms of returning starters overall, uh, to University of Louisiana. And by the way, Miami is third uh, out of the 130 teams in college football. Um, I think you have four teams that can do some serious damage. And uh, no, no translation from basketball to, to football, but, you know, the Pac-12 gets a bad rap here and there, and it's entirely deserved often. But, um, you know, this year there's, there's a lot of talent. And, and even though the teams aren't necessarily that great, they put just as many NFL players first round and whatnot into the league as other conferences. Um, you know, they, for years when the SEC was down, in my opinion, it was coaching. Uh, right now the Pac-12 has a serious lack of coaching, including my USC Trojans, who have a circus donkey for a head coach. Um, they're, they're starting 22 are – as talented as everyone in the country outside of the top four. The problem is their depth is terrible in the sense that it's not what Alabama, OU, and Clint, you know, starting uh, start right. five and four stars, which is what used to be their trademark calling card. All right. So we got 15 minutes to be off the air. So right really quick, I want to talk about the Big 12. And Shane will be back. We can do the Big 12 really fast. I saw a prediction that had every team in the Big 12 at 66, except for the following teams. Texas Tech was 2 and 10. Iowa State was 8 and 4, 9 and 3. Texas was 9 and 3. And Oklahoma was 12 and 0. Is Big 12 just a 6 and 6 conference for the most part? the whole range of Kansas States and Oklahoma States and Texas Techs and Baylors and TCUs. Is there one of those teams that can compete with the top three of Oklahoma, Texas, and Iowa State? Right. Um, so, yes and no. I, I think Iowa State, uh, Matt Campbell's a fantastic coach. Um, so I think he can game plan a game against a team. Um, could you, is he going to win the big 12? No, but, um, I mean, this is, this is, this is probably even more easier than I Ohio state, um, in the big 10. Like, I mean, Texas is the second best at nine three. They're not even that good. Like this is Steve Sarkeesian's first year building a program. It is, it is a boring conference in many ways. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, that's what. That's, that's, that's what I, whenever I was talking about my hypothetical, Oklahoma's going to be in the playoffs. Ohio State's going to be in the playoffs, and the Clemson Georgia winner's going to be in there, I think, and then probably Alabama A and M. Like that. I mean. And, and that's that's the boring part about college football, right, is that we kind of know before the season starts what's going to happen. Rod, do you have a, a quick take on the Big 12? You're right, yeah, Bobby. I mean, Iowa State, when I talked about returning starters, is uh, top five overall in terms of what they bring back, including Bryce Hall and, and their quarterback as well. I forgot his name. Uh, and Matt Campbell, uh, along with Luke Fickle, in my opinion, are – two of the uh, the two best young head coaches. Matt Campbell is 
destined to be a head coach of a major program, maybe even succeed uh, the great uh, Queen of England. Um, oh, when you look at Iowa, uh, hey, who knows? I mean, somebody's going to pay him $10 million a year. Iowa State has everybody at home except for OU. Everybody of significance, in my opinion, and, and no disrespect to West Virginia. Um, OU's toughest game is at Oklahoma State. Uh, Okie State is at Texas at Iowa State. Um, you know, I'm not a Sarkeesian guy, but Texas, in my opinion, has one of the best players, if not the best player in the country. And if he gets enough carries, he'll win the Heisman Trophy. And that's uh, number five, a Reggie Bush clone, and Sarkeesian being the coach is one other tie, B. John Robinson. Uh, or Bijan, uh, BR versus RB, Reggie Bush. Uh, dude averaged 8.2 yards per carry. And Keontae Ingram, another USC tie, was the starting running back and uh, just a bigger back. And the reason why I say he's a tie, because he transferred to USC. But Robinson is, um, he's as electric as they come. And the country's about to find that out if they didn't already know. Um, Texas recruits well enough on both sides of the ball especially on defense, that I, I think they'll play well. Is Sarkeesian a great coach? No. Uh, but you really have a difference maker. And even though Ellinger was a good quarterback, yeah, it's Texas. They're going to feel that. Um, I really think if Robinson gets enough touches, uh, he's going to set the college football world on fire. And I think right. that puts them squarely in the conversation. All right, Shane, quick take on the Big 12. Anything to add? Raj, as much as I love your pep talk for Texas, um, I just I'm not there with you, buddy. Uh, outside of Oklahoma, Iowa State is is probably the only shot um, to make any relevance out of the Big Twelve. Uh, I think it's not good this year. Um, uh, Texas is big money; they're going to make it. Uh, to the SEC, they're going to get more money and maybe some better recruits. Um, coaching's always been there. Money's always been there. Um, I think SEC will help them in recruiting. But, yeah, Big 12, it's Oklahoma and possibly flashes of Iowa State. All right. So here's what we're going to do for the last five minutes. We're each going to give a very – if there's a conference championship game, name your championship game winner and a conference player of the year for all five major conferences. Y'all ready for this? Robbie's looking for notes. Yeah. Gotta remember who's in what conference. Exactly. uh, What vision rather. I can't give you a player. I'll give you a team. We can talk about NFL. You go first, Randall. All right. Let's start out West. Let's start with the Pac-12. Thanks. I have Arizona State. Ooh, good call. Playing USC in the conference championship game. Ooh, they're in the same division. Oh, excuse they're me. Bo- they're both in the South. Arizona well South. Arizona State. I-, I love the confidence though in delivering that. Yeah, I- you read these notes. I'm just tired, wanting to go to bed. Arizona State playing. If you look down, they're playing Oregon. Uh, quickly, sorry, Kayvon Sullivan. How do you say the quarterback at USC? That's uh, Slovis, Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis, player of the year. 
Rog, what's your prediction? Um, as much as I'd love to say USC, and I, I would have considered ASU because I think they returned 20 of 21 starters, including a loaded defense. But they've got a lot of drama coming. And most of us knew and heard whispers of them cheating uh, with Antonio Pierce and uh, Herm. Uh, I think the hammer is going to come down, and it should. There's definitely a cloud. That being said, uh, you, like I said, if we didn't have a circus donkey for a head coach, we being USC, we because uh, I played so well for them, um, I would say SC, but uh, I'm going to say Utah. And uh, even though they play at SC, the schedule's favorable. Charlie Brewer from Baylor, uh, the defense is loaded, um, and Whittingham's the best coach in the conference. And that includes Cristobal. And, and I'm going to say Utah versus Oregon. And Utah, it's going to be – yep. Uh, and I'll take Utah. By the way, I didn't finish mine. Uh, mine was Arizona State, Oregon, Oregon winning it. Fair. Who do you have for the player of the year, Rog? Ooh. Um, that's a great question. Uh, I think the cop-out thing is to say uh, Thibodeau from – Oregon on defense or Devin Lloyd, Utah linebacker. Um, I'm going to say it is a homer pick, but I think he's the best offensive player, Drake London, USC wide receiver. All right. Jane, who do you have in the championship game and player of the year? Man. Um, yeah, I'd have, I mean – Oregon, for sure. Um, and I, possibly Arizona, man. I don't know. Um, I don't have a lot of base. You mean Arizona State, don't you? Arizona. Not Arizona. Sorry, Arizona State. Yeah. <laughs> big team from the desert. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not a big. Uh, yeah. Tomato, tomato. Uh, don't reinforce the stereotype, bro. You're a Big Ten guy. You're supposed to be uh, smarter and more worldly than that. Mm. That's why I'm trying to Google this right now. Right? <laughs> your your uh, internet's as slow as Randall's. <laughs> no. So pass on the player of the year. So, you know. All right. Who so, wins? Oregon Arizona State? Oregon. Oregon. Robbie. No. Um, I think Utah's been the best built team in for a while, and uh, Whittingham's a fantastic coach. Um, I hate they beat the head to head with USC. Um, I think they face Oregon. Uh, I think Utah wins, and uh, their quarterback, what's his name, Rising or Rising? Uh, Rising is a Texas transfer, but. I think the Baylor transfer, Charlie Brewer, will be the starter. Um, Cameron Rising versus Charlie uh, yeah. Brewer is the. Uh, I, I like Whittingham. And I think Utah, man, it's a tough place to play. They don't lose at home, get one win at USC, and, and they're good to go. All right, Big 12. And I'll start it out with Oklahoma is even more than any other team. Oklahoma is in another level to anyone else in the conference. And I will give you Spencer Radley as the player of the year. And 
I even will tell you that if I was making a Heisman prediction, Spencer Rattler would be my Heisman prediction. So, Raj? You know, I, I personally think it's going to be the OU Texas winner. Like I said, B. John Robinson is not only my Big 12 player of the year, he's a dark horse Heisman favorite. I mean, the dude is as close to Reggie Bush. This is a bold statement as we've seen since Reggie Bush. That's um, a bold statement. It, it, it's a bold statement. If he gets enough carries, you know, the knock on him, the Texas OL is, is not quite what it used to be, but. Um, you know, and Ellinger uh, took a lot off the running back last year as, as he was a triple threat. Um, but, you know, their defense is solid. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say the Texas OU winner. And, and while Campbell and uh, Iowa State, like I said, they're number four in the country in terms of returning starters. And the only tough road game they have really is at OU. So, I don't remember how the division shake out and forgive my ignorance, but there it's going to be, none. OU. There are divisions. okay. There, there are none. That's right. It's just like the yeah. top two teams playing the conference championship yeah. game. Um, so it's going to be, OU, and it's going to be either Iowa state based on the OU game or Texas based on the OU game, presuming OU doesn't lose them both. And Jane. I don't disagree with that, um, but I would say my player of the year out of the Big 12 is going to be Marvin Mims. Um, he's the wide receiver from OU. A uh, little bit of a not a popular play. I know the rather the quarterbacks, he's got to throw to somebody. And I think Mims can put up like uh, Smitty numbers at Alabama. So, yeah. All right, Robbie, wake up, make a prediction. I mean, this is this is probably as easy as it comes. Maybe besides Clemson, um, OU's going to win. They could lose to Texas. They're still Texas is not going to only lose one game. Texas is. And then Lincoln Riley, he he wakes up and shits Heisman quarterbacks. So get yeah, Spencer Radley, Radler, and then yeah, call it a day. All right. Nothing better than Robbie derailing. Keep ACC. asking Rob questions. Let's all take a sip. ACC. Yeah. Uh, I have my – I got to find the ACC on my list here. Spoiler alert. I have my <laughs> – I have my final game, Clemson-Miami. Player Clemson beat Miami. DJ, ooh. Gongala. As the yeah, that's the only tricky part of this question is pronouncing his name. So, okay. All right. And their quarterback is player of the year. Rod? Agreed entirely. Uh, my only issue is, again, people love North Carolina and Sam Howell and Mac Brown. Um, Miami are notorious choke artists. They're sort of the USC a rich private school on a beautiful coastal area of the East, and they end up choking. But I, I think this year, if Derek King stays healthy, it will be Clemson-Miami. Um, and my player of the year would probably be Derek King, it's easier in, in my all. opinion. <laughs> in theory. Dane, where are you going with this then? Um, yeah. I, I kind of – 
reiterate what you're saying. I'm I'm not a big ACC guy, so I'm I'm trying to do a little bit of research here myself. But from what I've seen and what you've said, Raj, I, I concur with you on uh, Derek King, the QB Miami. And is your championship game Miami or Clemson Miami? Uh, yeah. And Clemson, Clemson all day. I mean, you can throw whoever else you want up there. It's it's going to be Clemson. Robbie. It's Clemson, and I am uh, going old-fashioned John, and I have paper material in front of me, and I was hoping his name would be written down, but it's not for me to try to mispronounce it, so I'm not going to try to mispronounce it. But the Clemson quarterback is going to win the, the player of the year. Clemson's going to march on. Right. Um, I do not think they beat Georgia. Oh, interesting. Georgia's coming up. All right. Disagree. Big 10, I have, and I don't even know if we even talked about this team. Uh, I have Iowa playing Ohio State in the championship game. Wow. And Ohio State defeating them. And the player of the year, Chris Ovale. Oh, uh, how do you say it? Ovale? Olave. Olave. Chris Olave as player of the year. Yeah. Roger. Roger. Um, the Big Ten is interesting. I'm trying to remember the, the how the standings break down. Uh, it's obviously Ohio State. Uh, I think their biggest competitor is Indiana, ironically enough, if Michael Penix Jr. is healthy. Uh, five-star USC transfer. It always goes back to USC. And, and yes, I am a chip on the shoulder. But Stephen Carr was a five-star that SC couldn't figure out how to use. He transferred to Indiana, and the kid is electric. Um, I don't believe in Penn State. I don't know how they went from crap suddenly being reputable. Um, Maryland returns, I think, top ten amount of starters. But is that always a good thing when your team's not that good? No. Uh, Michigan's Michigan. As long as Harbaugh's there, they're going to basically slump. So it's definitely Ohio State. Uh, on the flip side, uh, I mean, I guess it boils down to Iowa and Wisconsin. And I agree with you. I, I, I'll take Iowa over that, but I'll take Ohio State to win by 50. Player of the year, insert Ohio State player here. Jane. Yeah, it's. I mean, definitely Ohio State. Uh, I don't – I like Iowa, but – I think it's going to be Wisconsin. Um, they're pretty solid in the run game. Their offensive line is super strong. Defense is great. Um, and as far as player of the year, you you kind of stole my thunder with Chris Olave. So I'm going to – I might take a little step back there and go with Garrett Wilson. All right. Robbie, you look like you're ready to nail this one. Yeah, I don't know who those guys are, but I'll say this. Um, obviously, Ohio State in the East. And you know what? I kind of miss leaders and legends, so I can at least care about the Big Ten and figure out which divisions, who, who they, which one's which. And so I can at least look and see that what's great. happening. Um, you're about 20 seconds. So, 
So on the West, uh, yeah, I'll take Wisconsin just because they got Iowa at home. Uh, Camp Randall's hard to play in. Um, if it was flip-flopped, I may take Iowa. I think those teams are kind of equally matched. I'll take the home team. So I got Wisconsin from the West, Iowa, Ohio State from the East. Um, I think Ohio State's going to be more run-happy this year. Uh, so I'll take the running back for Ohio State to be the player of the year in the Big Ten. Which running back? The first one, man. I don't know the name. So Master Teague's <laughs> Master Teague's gonna start. And um, uh, Master is that guy thirty eight? Is he yeah, Dan Wilder? Teague, but Trayvon Henderson is gonna be starting within about three or four weeks, and he's the true oh, freshman running back. I'll Dude, take the old guy. I like the I like old man. Master Teague is from uh, uh, Blackman, Murfreesboro. Yeah. Okay. I'll take him. Yeah. Dude, he. I he swear to God, that guy's last year. Age, he couldn't dude. start the year before. He's not. He'll he'll start for like two games this year. Maybe I don't even care a. I'm not the most valuable player. Not the most productive player. I know. But that's why I asked you which running back because <laughs> it's very important. Back. Just in. Input running back for a house yeah. date. That's how I draft it. Give you a running back. Hey, fair enough. That's fair it. Enough. SEC. Randall's trying to rein us in. I think. I think Randall, you don't give us a four-hour show, and I. No, no, SEC pick. We talked about that yeah, for three hours earlier. I think Georgia gets it done. I think Alabama does not make the championship game. Give me Georgia and Texas A&M in the SEC championship game. Wow. And Georgia wins the SEC championship. So who's Bama going to lose to? Texas A&M. Uh, where is that game? Is that in uh, College Station? I don't know. <laughs> That's our fearless host, folks. Yeah, it's um, a bold pick to not know. I actually, uh, returning I quarterback. Hey, 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 Randall, don't start getting all Clay Travis on us and just do, saying shit to just say shit. No, I just think clicks, it's, I dude. Just, oh, that's what that's all Clay does. I think Alabama, Travis is the devil. So, so Alabama uh, and AM is in College Station. Alabama still makes the playoffs. Doesn't matter. So, hey, well, what so would you guys you have, quickly say about? Player of the year, Matt Correll, Ole Miss. I think he's going to put up 4,500 yards this year. Another Pac-12 reject. Actually, SC didn't want him. Uh, He was destined to SC. But, yeah, that's all we got, by the way, are guys that, like, left our conference and suddenly become stars in the SEC because quarterback doesn't matter in the SEC. Uh, So, uh, yeah, Daniels, Corral. Neither are going to be NFL stars, so but I would good enough to win Mac with those Jones. studs. On the- I would ask Mac Jones to uh, Joe Burrow and Joe uh, We'll see, and that's all within the last three years. Remember the previous 30? Peyton Manning uh, aside. Peyton. Uh, okay, previous 10. All right, what's your prediction for the conference? Alabama versus Alabama with Alabama winning uh, player of the year. Uh, actually, not Bryce Young, uh, another Southern California reject. Um, I was trying to think, um, not a reject, rather, a stud who chose the best school imaginable. 
Um, you know, Bama's loaded on defense. Uh, their linebackers are one of the best. I think historically they'll go down. Uh, Chris and Christian, uh, Harris and Jones, I think I can't remember. They're just so loaded. I don't see them losing at all. Um, if, if I were going to go player of the year, it's convenient to take the Bama dude, uh, any starting quarterback. I'm not a believer in Miles Brennan. Um, just like uh, the backup Johnson, um, what, DJ Johnson, I can't remember his name. Um, the the uh, the trendy pick is Daryl Stingley, uh, Derek Stingley Jr. Rather, the corner from LSU. Um, you'll have to come back to me on Player of the Year, but I don't think it matters. Oh. It's Bama versus Georgia. Um, JT Daniels finally has an offensive line. Um, he's a very good drop back passer. He was the Gatorade player of the year. The number one recruit in the country at SC did not have a line. He does at Georgia because those are just hogs, hosses, whatever you want to call them. Uh, but nobody's beating Alabama. All right, Shane. I played the fifth on this one. It's Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. All right, Robbie. I mean, what do you want? I mean, you know, as much as we want to go against them, like, uh, look at the schedule. They've got Miami. Okay, I made the case. Maybe they can keep it close. Then Mercer at Florida, a rebuilding Florida, a rebuilding Alabama, but a rebuilding Alabama is so much better than a rebuilding Florida. Southern Miss, Mississippi, at A&M, maybe. At Mississippi State, I love Mike Leach. It will be a cold day in hell before Mike Leach outsmarts Nick Saban one-on-one. Exactly. Like, Not happening. Uh, Tennessee, blowout. LSU, blowout. New Mexico State, blowout. Arkansas, blowout. At Auburn, blowout. Man, it's... It, it sucks, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be his SEC championship. And, yeah, I think they beat Georgia. And I – to the fear of everyone in the SEC, I think Blake Young plays early and often. I think he's the player of the year. And and the nightmare continues. All right. Quick question. So why, what, why is the need to play New Mexico State in – Second week in November, where a lot of SEC powers play these patsies late in the year, aside from the money for the other schools. Like, what? I don't get it, dude. Your conference isn't that great. New Mexico is like, very arrogant. Well, yeah, I know, but simple. so does Mercer in in September. A simple, the That's simple, why. simple answer is: if the formula isn't broken, you don't fix it. Like that. Yeah. that it, it's the BCS when that formula. formula, though. I don't get it. No, well, it's the BCS formula. BCS you don't formula. lose weight, and they just never change it. Like, yeah, like you'll play conference. Everyone fair. plays BCS that November formula. game off to get ready for the rivalry. I mean, it's just yes, well no. It, it is. It's bullshit. That's why the new conference alignment's gonna change things. But yeah, as you see, like for all the arrogance they have and fans have their system works all right guys so 
Everybody go around last word tonight. I want you to pick your national champion. Raj. Alabama. Any last words? Clemson may compete. Um, Go Dodgers. I'd love to see our lineup if we ever get healthy. The Dodgers have been doing well lately. Every time they win, the Giants win, but the Dodgers are without arguably one of the top two players in baseball, or top three, Acuna, Trout, and Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has a hip injury. They just don't get better without the knife. So um, I I hope he can come back and be productive. Uh, We are the best team in the league, and that's being unbiased, but can't win it all without Mookie. Last words. Who's your national champion in last words? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, Ohio State, Ohio State, and Ohio State. No. I actually, uh, I'm thinking Clemson this year. Um, really? But I don't disagree. Good point. Yeah. I'm thinking Clemson, as much as I want the Buckeyes to win this year, um, I'm thinking Clemson. Final words. Um, thanks for having me on. It's been, been fun. Been a nice four-hour stretch here. A marathon. Been a marathon. So it's way to way to break me in pretty good here. Um, Best time of the week, bro. Yeah. No, I, I always watch it live anyway, so I'd be here regardless if I was on screen or not. Um, no, it's fun, guys. Enjoy it. Put out good content. We always have a good time. Looking forward to the draft. Um, Absolutely. Next weekend, next weekend, Robbie. Not this coming weekend. Next. Week after next? Wait. All right. No. Robbie, last words and national champion. I hate it every year. Um, if I'm going to make a prediction, I'm going to make a prediction. Um Alabama and Nick Saban and win it again. Um, and and not that I don't already think – well, no, not that I don't think. He is the greatest at this point. But if he loses six NFL first-round draft picks and does it again, and, and then – like, I mean, I don't know what else you can say uh, besides please retire – uh, I think Clemson the close second. Uh, I think Ohio State, and Oklahoma. It's the same four though. The same four are going to be at it again. Yeah. In um, closing thoughts, were thanks for everyone for joining us. Um, I had Thanks a great time tonight. Uh, we oh, were scheduled yeah. for three hours. We went four hours. It flew by. Um, I for can't us. wait to see you guys next weekend. Next weekend. um, Hopefully we can get some footage that's proper to show for the draft. And, yes, if we can have – was it John was on our first guest to come analyze the board, um, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, that would just – and just cover up the names and let him analyze our draft board would be awesome. I'll get him to do it. So, Real quick, Randall. Yes. Same question to you: SEC championship game and SEC player of the year. Oh, and SEC if you say someone from Tennessee, I'm gonna just Georgia. Jump I predicted Georgia. So I'm gonna give you a national champion. 
Last word, I want to thank John Bruner, the guys from Speakeasy 330, D. Swain, Chris the Criminal Adams, Phil Harris, Jay Thomas for coming on. I really believe that Georgia wins the SEC and Georgia and Alabama both make the playoffs. Ohio State and Oklahoma both qualify. I believe the way it will break down if Georgia wins the SEC – they would probably play Ohio State to open. Alabama would play Oklahoma. I, it would be Ohio State of Alabama again. I strongly believe if there's a year that Oklahoma is going to get it done, it is this year. I think this is a little more depth to this Oklahoma team. Needless to say, they added Tennessee's best four players in transfer. I mean, literally. Yeah. I knew that was coming. So they got four good players. They got four good players. Probably the only four mediocre good players. players? They got in the Are they back in the starter job or what's going on there? Do what? So are they backing up uh, the starter there or what's going on? Well, one of them's going to start on the offensive line. One of them's going to probably start at tailback, and the other one will be a cornerback. Do they have enough defensively is the question. I I don't think defense is the question anymore. You talk about the four teams I just talked about. It's all about offense. You just saw Kansas City and Tampa Bay in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Those defensive ends always matter. It does, but Oklahoma and Clemson have the best defenses, in my opinion. Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State right after OU, in my opinion, does not carry the same weight defensively, no pun intended. But Oklahoma has the best player in the country, I believe, and Spencer Rattler. Rattler? Yes. So that's mm-hmm. also my Heisman pick. And wow. It's not a safe pick, but I wasn't going to sit here and pick Alabama and Bryson. So that's my, that's my two cents to it. That's a bet the nuts. Right there. No, I really. Yeah, I, dude. I'll take odds I on think that I'm one. On the wins this year. I really do. So. Uh, you want to put money where your mouth is? No, or? if I wanted to do that, I could probably just go DraftKings and do that. So let's, we I don't bet wait on to we can sit here and talk, We could sit here and talk this all night. Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But 545 comes awful early. So we're going to get out of here. We could have win another. Two hours, I bet. So, for yeah, we never even got to NFL. Yeah, we we're, we're going to do an NFL special later. Brandon James, wait, notepad for two more hours. I didn't even go through two pages of my notes. So, good night, everybody. Wait, you guys took notes? <laughs> no, this is every dumb thing Brandon said.